Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Recorded live. Welcome to the Tuesday Night's Triumph Over Targeting podcast. I'm your moderator, Ella. Tonight, I have a very interesting guest. He's a very charming man. I um, had a phone discussion with, discussion with him a couple weeks ago and just thought he would make a wonderful guest here to share his experience, strength, and hope. Before we get to that, if you're new to the call, please stay on and we will get you some additional support, some additional talk show podcast numbers, and some helpful links and websites. This is a solution. It's an educational-based podcast with the views and opinions of my guests are not necessarily my own personal views and opinions. My goal is that everyone can obtain something out of tonight, especially a feeling of empowerment. If you have any suggestions for the call or the show um, or comments or questions, especially if you're in need of additional support, I can try to connect you with some other people in your area. Please don't hesitate to email me at tiangel2016 at gmail.com. So I have on the line with me Levi R. He's a singer, songwriter, entertainer. Um, and just a very interesting, deep person, and he's got an incredible story, and he's here to share it with you. So, Levi, I want to say thank you for coming on. You're welcome. Anyway, so maybe do you want to tell a little bit more? I know you've done other things as well. You've held, you've held interesting jobs. You've traveled a lot, and you've kind of led a, a free-spirited life. So would you like to share with the community um, a little bit about that? Sure. It, it was a little too free-spirited. I mean, you know, like, <laughs> uh, uh, I always, it seemed to me that I, I was feeling like I was the wrong person at the wrong place at the wrong time, in the middle of nowhere looking for nothing at the wrong, you know, that, that type of thing. And even yeah, was, where did you grow up at? Well, uh, between Arkansas, Chicago, and uh, Kansas. And then I spent some time in D.C. and then California. So you got to travel quite a bit in the States and live a lot of different places. How did you get into music? Well, I always, my, my dad was a minister and he was a singer, great singer. Uh, and, and we started a quartet when I was about five or six years old. And I, I think I sang this quartet for about nine years. And then the military, when we reached the age of, of uh, 18, most of the guys in the group was around the same age. Well, the military broke the group up. Uh, they they drafted uh, four of the guys out of the group, broke the group up. And then there was some musicians who had heard me perform in church before. And uh, I was walking down the uh, side of the road, and uh, they were in a convertible brand new Cadillac. <laughs> and he pulled up the sign and said, Hey, hey you and Levi. I said, yeah. And they say, You sing, don't you? I said, Yeah, do we need a singer? You know. And uh I wasn't really interested in singing, you know, uh blues. I was raised in the church and you know, I wanted to go but they said, Well get in, you know, so I got in and they took me on down to you know, we went to rehearsal. 
so I was listening to them, and, and they wanted me to sing a song, so they finally found a song that I knew, just one song, you know, and when I sang, they brought their house down, so they said, listen, we got plans for you, so the guy was talking to me, and, and I, I think I had like 30 cents in my pocket, 25 cents or something like that, you know, and I was hungry, didn't have anything to eat at the house, and the guy pulled up a $20 bill, and he laid it in my hand, he said, uh, said listen, we'll drop you off, he said, and uh, I want you to think about it, and so there it was, you know, I ended up in the band. What year was that? I think that was around 60, uh, about 62. 62? Okay. Yeah, also, there was a note, there was a question in the chat to see if you could speak up just a little bit, maybe hold the closer, the phone closer to you. Okay. Can you no? hear me now? Oh, yeah, we can hear you much better now. And oh. then, um, definitely, for the sake of the recording so we can hear you well, also my my YouTube guy said uh, the same thing, if you could speak up a little bit. Um, so that was in 62, and then what happened at that point after they wanted you to think about it for a while? Well, I joined the band, and and I performed, you know, for, until I was, uh, until 64. I, I performed with them until 64. We went on the road a little bit, you know. Um, they had some bookings and, uh, and, and things like that. So, and... Uh, then I left them and I went into Job Corps. So started, I went into Job Corps. And I, and I got to do quite a few things in Job Corps. But, you know, the, the thing that really get, gets me about life is, is that uh, when people, I've, I've met a lot of people, all kinds of people, and, and, and they tend to, everybody wants to identify with you. And if you, I mean, they they start asking you questions. Where are you from? You know, what's your name? Where were you raised? Where were you born? You know, you know. Do you go to church? What is your church? You you know. So people will do that, and when they find out that you're kind of different, that's when I think some of that stalking and and all this other stuff gets started. Because I mean, people don't really appraise, uh, uh, and therefore they don't really appreciate. And they don't really understand, you know, like uh, other people are different and they're supposed to be different. They should be different, you know. And, and I think that's a, that is really one of the starting points of, of this uh, stalking thing. Uh, people picking at you, bullying, and all that stuff. But, right. But, but, you know, like, I, I say... Uh, when I was writing those love letters for all my friends, you know, like in, in high school. So what and you happened? told me that you're, you, you, because of the way you are and your artistic ability, you didn't say that, but I'm just surmising you're, you're more humble than that. But, you know, you have this talent, and you told me we shared stories, and you told me how, you know, because you could write poetry and because you could write, you your friends would ask you to write for them, for their girlfriends or people they were pursuing. Right, right. And, and you know, like all my buddies in school, they would be having trouble with their girlfriend, you know. And they would come over to me and say, listen, they, uh, uh, they would explain the situation to me. So I'd look at it and I'd say, okay, see, you want a letter that says this and that? I'd say, yeah, 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 that's exactly what I want. Hey, man, you got it, you got it, you know. So I started writing. But when when I went to 
my college, when I finally went to college, my first year, there in, in college, it's Kennedy King Junior College in uh, Chicago. Uh, I wrote some essays, and the teacher was telling me about doing journalism. But I think one of the reasons why that I was writing was because it was the only way that I could really, really express myself. You know, it's like, uh, because if you try to talk to people, you know, you end up talking at them, they end up talking at you, you know, and and so for that reason, I think that I was, was harassed. I think I was always harassed because of that. Uh, and when the uh, harassment started was after I wrote this thing called We Minus D Equals I. I, I wrote a, a, a rhapsody or a poem or whatever you want to call it. But when I wrote that, that was when the, the stalking, I think, really started when I wrote that. It was so popular on campus, and everybody knew me because of that. And when that happened, I, I used to play tennis a lot. I would go and play tennis every day. And and I had a great hands and eye coordination. So, therefore, I didn't have to practice like other people practice. I could, I could actually get out and play. You know, and because I had a good serve, tremendous serve, and and I always had control of the ball. I could hit the ball just about anywhere I wanted to, without even working on it. You know, it just came natural. Okay, so when the stalking started, uh, someone was going into a place when I wasn't there, and they was putting and they was putting chemicals uh, all over the place. They put chemicals. They line uh, the the, uh, the commode. They put chemicals on the pillow. And what what happened was that uh, I noticed that uh, I always had that ringing and a ringing in my ear. And uh, my hair was falling out. You know, like when I wake up in the morning and I look on my pillow, my pillow would be full of hair. Then when I moved, it stopped for a while. And then it started again. And then I noticed also that when I was playing tennis, I was losing my coordination. You know, like I couldn't hit the ball. like, And my eyes was always real red, and I had to ring it in my ear. and seemed like I was in a daze. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I think that was when the, uh, the, uh, the thing really started out. And so I I moved again and again and it followed me followed me but like it was what year was that what were year was that Levi that was in sixty that was in sixty nine through uh I'd say sixty nine through seventy seventy uh, I, I guess around seventy six seventy seven. Uh, it off and on, you know, like it, it was, it would follow me off and on, and it really got bad. And I think in, in around about, well, it really got bad in '76. That was that was when I left my my ex. That's when it really. And got had bad. you heard? Did you know what this was? I mean, because back then they didn't have the internet. So, what did you think was going on? I don't know. You know, I was thinking. I was really thinking because I had wrote that thing. We minus D equal I. I was thinking that it was the government, uh, and at that time, I think, you know, like you you had the Black Panther, and you had a lot of those other people 
uh, that they were uh, uh, harassing and and, and following and, and, you know, doing things too. So I was thinking, I was saying to myself, I said, well, they probably, they probably think that I'm a member of a gang or something, of some kind of gang or something. But I was being followed. You know, like, uh, what would happen is that I would be going somewhere, and then I would see a car, and and and, and I wouldn't even be thinking about it, you know. And then I'd say, ooh, I keep seeing that same car. I keep seeing, you know, like, doesn't matter where I go, you know, I kept seeing that same car. Well, maybe two or three different cars, you know, but I would keep seeing these cars real often. And so I, 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 uh, I, I questioned my landlord, you know, and I was asking him about, you know, uh, I needed to change my lock. So I changed my lock. Didn't do any good, though. It continued to go on, yeah. And, um, were you really concerned? Were you paranoid? Um, did you tell people around you or people that were close to you? No. And 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 I'll tell you what happened is that there was a few people that I told about it. But what what was really happening was that I could walk up. Uh, it would be a crowd of people that I knew, like my classmates, and they would be in the hallway or uh, in in the in the uh, cafeteria or somewhere. Uh, sitting around talking, and I could come up, and and they would leave. You know, like the the conversation would change. I mean, you know, you know, like whatever they they were talking about before, they'd stop talking about it. I I heard phony conversations and you know things like that, and so I wondered. I was really wondering. I said, you know, what is going on? What is really going on? But I tell you what, when when I was working at a at a Chicopee, it was a place called Chicopee here here in Little Rock, Arkansas. I was working at a place called Chicopee. Uh, somebody broke four of my lugs off my uh, off my car, you know, off the wheel, and uh, they knew that I would take the freeway every day, like going to going back home. Uh, Whatever. But they broke four lugs on there, and, and I didn't know it. And when I hit the freeway, well, my front end started, start, you know, jagging, like, from side to side, like, woof, 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 you know, like that. And so I pulled over, and I looked down, and that's when I saw that. So I creeped along, and I went to the uh, uh, tire shop. When I got to the tire shop, the guy looked down, and he saw that. He said, man, he said, somebody's pretty mad at you, you know. Yeah. You know, just a, just a few weird things that happened. So, but they are great at picking locks, and they are great at following you. They are real good, and you would be surprised who they really are. I mean, I'm talking about respectable people who are really, really tied up heavy in the church. You would really be surprised who would be doing it. And one of the things that make it so bad is that, you know, it's uh, when, when when they use the stuff like chemicals and things, you know, like on people, it's really nowhere that you can go. 
and nobody that you can really talk to about it. You just have to try to figure out what it is, what you're going to do about it, and keep on going. Yeah. And then in the 80s when the, I think it was, well, in in my house we had um, the Internet in the 80s because of my father's work, but um, eventually because of the Internet you found a group of other people, you found a group of, you know, other people going through what you're going through. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It's true. I, I mean, the internet it, it has its down downers, but it, it 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 also has a lot of good things about it. You know? Yeah. Yeah, and 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 I'm really because I don't think that anything like this here could ever really get out for people to be knowing about it if it wasn't for the internet. Uh, you know, the the, the thing thing that that makes it so bad is that if if something like this is happening to you and you know that it's happening to you and you try to explain it to someone else, it kind of puts you in a, a bad situation. I mean, you know, then you're going to end up having to try to vouch for your sanity. Like people are going to start saying, now, there are people who know about it. They won't talk to you about it, Okay. And the other people who don't know about it, they're not going to talk to you about it either, not really. They're probably going to want to get away from you. And one of the worst things that really happens to people who are being harassed like this is that you end up in, in being isolated. And once you become isolated, then that really gives them a free hand. I mean, I have I have lived in, a, in places where when I go to work and I come back that, that evening, I mean, someone has been through everything in my house. I'm, and and I'm, I'm, not, I'm talking about they have unpacked boxes. They would go in, they would come in, and they would take, like, one thing at a time. Okay, like, I have a lot of collective items, you know, like uh, the thing that was very dear to me. It, 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 they were just, just mean, you know, it was just, just mean and ugly. But they would come in and they would take one thing at a time. I I have a, I had uh record players, boom boxes, uh, you know, a lot of things in music. And I had music uh, compositions that I had wrote. And they'd come in and take them. But I would never hear anything about it, you know, thereafter. I never heard anybody try to record it or do anything, you know, like that with it. But they would come in and take the composition. I mean, they took my phone book. They took my, some of my photos. Uh, I was living in a place where uh, I had a carport. And we had a transit that, that where you could go up in the attic, but you had to go in from the carport. And when I parked my car, my car was right under the transit. And and about six inches from that transit, it was a huge wasp nest. Uh, I'm I'm just going to give you an example of, of how, if you pay attention to things, that you can find out that stuff is going on. But this huge wasp nest was right there about eight feet. I'd say about eight and a half feet or nine feet uh, from the ground. So when I would get out of my car, I mean, I'd look up. And I, and I could see the wasp on the nest, you know, following me, like like looking at me, checking me out. 
like like they are ready to attack, you know, like come on. So uh, I would ease on that, and I say, well, I'm not going to destroy them because you know they they're just trying to protect the nest, you know. So I go ahead, go ahead. So after a long period of time, they got used to me. I could pull up there, get out of the car, and walk like I wanted to walk, and they wouldn't even pay me no attention. They've gone by their business, doing whatever they do, you know. So one day, I came in, and I looked up, and the wasp nest was gone. And I had seen it that morning when I left out. And, and I, I was standing there looking, and I said, wow. I said, what happened? What, what happened to that? Where did it go? So I'm looking around, I'm looking around, and I couldn't find it. And I didn't see any wasps on the ground. But I know if anything came to move that nest, they would have to destroy those wasps. And they would have been on the ground everywhere. You know. But I didn't see the nest. I didn't see anything. And so then I started looking at the transit that goes up in the attic. And it goes right up over where uh, my desk was. And I would be on the computer and things like that. So I knew that someone kept breaking my code, you know, like the, on, on the computer. And so I found out that I was being watched. Uh, I don't know if they was doing it from above, from up there, but I never did find out. But someone came in and destroyed the nest. So I called my landlord. I said, uh, did you come over here today? He said, uh, he sounded nervous. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, why, why, did you, why would you ask me a question like that? I said, well, somebody's been over here today. I said, but you, are you sure that you didn't come up? No, 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 no. Okay, okay. But uh, I don't know, you know, like the people send, tend to know me, you know, like everywhere that I would move in the city, wherever I go, you know, people tend to know me. Um, I know the, the chemical warfare of the thing is that uh, they use chemicals uh, to do things, well, I'd say make you sick, slow you down, uh, so you won't be quite efficient in the way that you think and, you know, and going on about your life trying to do what you really feel that you need to do. They want to hinder you, you know, try, try to stop you in any way that they possibly can. And believe you me, uh, I had stuff on my doorknobs, but when I would grab the doorknobs, uh, the skin on the front part of your hand, the, the skin in your palm of your hand is thicker. It's very thick. But the skin on the back side of your hand is much more tender. But what was happening was that I kept grabbing the doorknob, and my hand started peeling on the on the side, you know, like on, on my pinky, you know where your little pinky is? It started peeling. I'm talking about real bad, like peeling. And uh, but that's what happens is that they do use chemicals. They do use them a lot. I mean, they purge them in. They will purge them in on you. Uh, and and they have people who work in utilities, uh, people that uh, that that work for the utility companies. You know set up certain systems as to where they can do it. I, and I think it, it's probably done by some kind of remote control. 
It's yeah, it's very common these days. You can do remote access. I can actually do it on my daughter's phone. So, you know, and I know, for, you know people have remote access to all my electronics as well. It's not difficult these days to do it. Yeah, yeah. But but it's uh, it's been going on for some time because the people are very good at what they do. They're very good, and, and we are amateurs. You know, we are the prey. And we are amateurs. We don't even go. We don't have any idea as to what they are really doing. Not really. So, but you know, when I worked at Vulcan Chemicals in uh, Wichita, Kansas, you know, being a plant uh, operator, being an operator in a chemical plant, and we were manufacturing stuff like uh, acid, you know, H2SO4, sulfuric acid, HCl, hydrochloric acid. And this stuff was at full strength. In fact, it was so corrosive that if you put it in a metal pipe, it would eat its way out of the pipe. There was no metal that could hold this stuff. And it was full strength, see, because when they shipped this stuff out, I mean, it, it would be diluted uh, oh, hundreds of times, you know. But but when we manufacture this stuff, we produce it. But it comes out. That stuff is strong, and if you get one whiff of it, if you uh, just inhale one time, you're dead. So we have a lot of leaks. Sometimes uh, you, you you would have flanges and pumps and things like that that would leak. But it was a two-and-a-half-year training program, and then this was how I realized that it was chemicals that was being used on me because some of the, some of the effects. Now, what happened? They trained us for two years. We had the instruments and things that we could go out in the yard and we'd walk around and we could detect leaks with the with the with instrumentation. Okay, but what happened is that our supervisor made it clear to us, he said, Listen, see, these instruments are very good. See, but they don't compare to you. He said, You are the most sophisticated instrument that we have here in this plant. See you can detect a leak way before the instrument can. See, if you have a system within your body as to where you can. And he explained it to us. And listen, your eyes will tell you when you come in contact with some foreign body or some kind of chemical or something. He said, you watch your eyes. He said, your nasal test will become inflamed. Are you would just blah, 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 you know. He was explaining this stuff to me. And all the things that he had explained to me, like when I would come home some evening and I would walk into the place where I was renting a little, and, and to the, where I was residing, wherever I was residing, uh, I would get those symptoms, symptoms many times. I mean, my, my colon would swell so big until I had to unfasten the pants. Uh, so using chemicals is one of the things that they do real well. Did you ever get tested? Um, did you ever uh, go to the doctors and they were able to confirm any of that? That's, that's, that's a good question. That's a good question. But, but let me tell you what, what, what happens when you go to the doctor. You, you explain that to a doctor. And, and they'll sit there and they'll say, well, well why... Uh, 
why do you think that someone would do this to you or what? You know, and they think that you need some kind of mental help. But then, if you convince a doctor that they should examine you for that, but they don't know what they're looking for. See, and there's so many tests uh, that you probably wouldn't be able to pay for it. You know, if, if they would have no idea as to what they were looking for. In fact, I have taken some of the uh, items that I know was contaminated and sealed them up, put them into a you know a container and seal them up and take them, take them there, and they wouldn't do anything about it. The police department won't do anything either. They will always tell you, did you see anything? Did you see anybody? Uh, did you, blah, 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 you know. Well, there's nothing that we can do. They don't have a reason to start an investigation. So, and the people who are doing this, they know the law because they have people within the organization that knows the law, and they know how far that they can go, uh, uh, you know, without breaking it or without suffering any consequences. They, they are very sharp at that. In fact, one guy who was really doing it to me was my neighbor for about some of the eight years. He lived right next door to me. And uh, I was, he was telling me about my landlord, you know. And and so the land, my landlord was kind of a weird guy. And so uh, we would talk about the landlord. But what had happened was that he had joined in with the landlord. Uh, and they both was doing it to me. Uh, he was a formal investigator, like a private eye police officer. He had retired. So he had a lot of time on his hands. So, he, so he, you know, he, he enjoyed doing that type of work. He enjoyed doing that type of stuff. And that's where a lot of this stuff comes from, too, is that a lot of those people was trained to do what they are doing. And they might have worked for the military at one point, um, worked for some kind of government, some kind of agency or agent or something. And they retire, and they want to keep on doing it. So that's, uh, I don't know, if, if anyone have any questions or anything like that about it. I mean, if you have some more questions, you know, that's fine. But. Yeah, um, let's see. How did you find, how did you find the community? And how, like, how did you find me? I know you called me. So, you know, I'm just curious how you found people to reach out to and share your information and they, and, and to be a part of this together. The Internet? You too? Internet? Yep, yeah. you too. I kept seeing, yeah. I, 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 I kept seeing you, uh, I kept seeing your uh, ad. Yeah, uh, it was preview, yeah. Yeah, and, and so I, I, I would never pay no attention, you know, I kept going. And so one day, I was fixing myself a sandwich, and you were next in line, and I was listening to some some other news, and when it went off, the, the, uh, I think it was a lady, I think it was, she started talking, and, uh, and then they, they, they was talking about, you know, gang, gang stalking, and uh, by the time I uh, fixed my sandwich, I wasn't interested in you know, eating anymore. Like, I was so interested in what you all were talking about. Yeah. So, so that was how I found it. So after that, 
I was looking for all your ads, you know, like all the, the uh, all YouTube. the YouTube, uh, yeah, videos, yeah, like right. all your videos, yeah. Great. I hope they were helpful and resourceful, and I'm glad you reached out to me. So maybe you can share with us. You have all this wisdom, you know. When I was talking to you, I just thought you were really wonderful. Um, and maybe it's not the right time or something, but like, how do you how do you handle all this with such grace? And you know, um, how do you maintain your sanity and your clear headedness? Well, yeah, you know, you know what though, that, that, that's not going to bother me. Uh, you know, like what they what they are doing. The only thing the only thing that worries me about it all is the, the chemicals. Now I do I do know I'm, uh, that 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 could have a long time effect. You know, and when you are constantly coming in contact, it, there's no telling. You know what effect that it might have on, and that that's the only thing that I probably would be uh, concerned about. You know the, the chemical thing, and believe you me, they do use a lot and lot of chemicals on people. You you have a good point. Even I remember when I wasn't feeling well once, and I was trying to get checked out. I realized they have to have an idea what they're looking for as far as yeah. chemicals go. They can check arsenic. They can check all these different things. Um, but they, you know, there's, I don't even know. I have a chemical scientist on here. I should have him speak up um, how many chemicals there are that can create an ill feeling in a person, you know. And sometimes it could just be something in your house, you know. There's radon or something like that. My, yeah. You know, my husband yeah. was thinking it would be radon, you know. And, and so you're right. They have to know what they're looking for. You have to give them a general idea. Yeah, and, and the thing that's, that's so bad, if you catch somebody who's real sharp and, and, and chemical, uh, you know, like they're, they're a chemist, something like that, if they're really sharp, I mean, they can go into your kitchen and fix up some stuff that will mess you up. You, you know what I mean? I'm talking yes. about regular regular household items. Uh, so so they, the machine that the, uh, that, the, that the people in the lab have they could be looking for something, uh, they, and they wouldn't have any idea as to what, and they could go right on the top of it thousands and thousands of times and never see it, you know. But now, uh, but if they can uh, check something, there's there's ways that they can find out, you know, if someone is being uh, uh, chemically tre- uh, harassed or, or treated or contaminated or something like that. There's there's other ways that they could do it. I mean, they could check your blood plasma and find stuff in it that's not supposed to be there. They can, you know, it's, it's a lot of ways that they can do it. But it's hard to find anyone who would take the time to do it. But there are, I know there are some people that's out there that would do just that. They would take some time, but you just probably never get your chance of meeting one of them, uh, get, you know, getting to know one of them. It's very slim. They are so few. Yeah. And have you been able to talk to some other people in the community? Because if not, I can put you in touch with some people. Oh, that, that would be wonderful. Okay, That's good. Cool. I have a couple people in mind then. So um, at this point, usually I have some more questions. Let's see. Okay. Um, well... I think that's about it. How about people around you? Um, are they supportive? I know I kind of asked that question earlier, but do you have any people around you right now that are supportive of you and, and believe you and uh, support your what you're going through? 
No, you, because you know, at one time, I would talk to people about it. But you, you know, like I, I would pick, I would pick and choose certain people that I would want to discuss it with, and it didn't work really work out uh, too well, you know, doing that. And so I just kind of keep the stuff to myself. And but I've always been like a person who kind of stayed to this to myself, you know, a lot. I spend a lot of time by myself. You know, it's like uh, it's not that I'm uh, not sociable because I love I love people. I love you know, but you know, uh, it's kind of hard to get be close to people without them trying to stir you in a certain direction or try to control you or you know something like that. You know, it was something that I wrote one time. I said, oh, how I wished I was a fool so I could not see how I see because it caused me to blow my cool and not be how I wish to be. So, so a lot of times people are, you know, are the one, let's see, what was that? I said, I see no man here who really wished to be my father, my brother or father. And I've seen a woman who really wished to be my sister or wife. But I only see headless and heartless creatures who subconsciously wish to rule me, to bend me, and to make me a toy soldier or something without a cause. But, you know, that that was the bitter years, you know, the years that I was in rebellion. And, and, but I, I, I come out of all that stuff, you know. Kind of, uh, I don't even want to go that route anymore. So if, I have a few friends. I say in my lifetime, I've met about four or five people that was really my friend. They will always be my friend. But most people, uh, it, it, you know, I don't know. Just never really worked out. And so I guess there's something wrong with me. Or it's part of targeting, too. You know, people can talk to them. And um, it may be, you know, maybe just your you know, that you're kind of a, a more, what's the word I'm looking for, kind of a person who wanders a little bit, you know, and you're kind of this free-spirited person. But, you know, a lot of times with this type of targeting, you probably heard on some of the videos that, you know, they approach people, you know, and say whatever it is they say, you know. So that's something to consider. It's not necessarily the case, but it is something to think about. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, thank you for this part portion of the interview. What I'm going to do now is open up the floor to questions. So I'm going to start at the top of the board. And if you if you want to make sure your question's heard, just get here kind of earlier, uh, uh, as early as you can, because that'll make sure your your question gets. I can get to your question. So I'm going to, and and star eight. If you have a question, star eight. And when I get to you, I'll say your state, and you'll hear a prompt telling you you're being unmuted. Just so you know. Okay. I'm going to start with Matthew. He's at the top. Hey, Matthew. Hi, Ella. Hi, Levi. Hey. Hey, um, it's really great to have to hear when people like you reach out and join the community, people who have strength and uh, people who are, are good people. I can, I can definitely hear that about you. Uh, my, my question for you, I have a question, and then uh, while I was listening to you, I was inspired uh, with a suggestion. I have a suggestion for you. Well, I'll start with my question. My question is, uh, did you say that you were targeted? 
at first in the 60s? Yeah, I think so. I, you okay. know, like, what, what, I, what, I'm, what I was going by is that, you know, like, sometimes some weird stuff may happen to you. Or something may happen to you. And so you try to figure out if that's what it was. Or maybe it wasn't, maybe it wasn't. And then there's sometimes that some things are going to happen to you, and you're going to know what it is. So to know exactly, precisely when it all really started, uh, it, 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 it would be kind of tricky, I think. It, it can be, yeah, it can be. In, in, in other cases, uh, it starts like a, like a sledgehammer, and, and you know when it starts. But, um, exactly. Uh, so so um, given that long period of targeting, which, which we've heard from many other people, it's, it's very uh, believable, but I'm just curious if you can give us some insights on how the perpetrators' techniques and maybe how their technology has changed over the decades. Have you noticed uh, changes? You know, um, maybe maybe it's a lot of things that happen to me that I probably don't pay too much attention to. But there's certain certain things that happen to me that I do pay attention to. And the part about the chemical, it has not changed, not really. I mean, they, they may be using different substances. You may have different reactions, but the way that they strategically use it, you know, uh, on people have not changed that much. And, okay. And, and you do have you do have different groups. Uh, some of them use it uh, one way, but they will strategically place the chemicals where they know that you would come in contact with it, and they seem to know whether or not it, if it if it's effective. And that it will be, but see, the only thing that you, you, one of the things that you really need to worry about when something like that is happening to you, you need to think about say now, nah, is this what what effect is this going to have on me long term? You know, on long term, right? And what kind of help can I get? You know, somebody medically or somebody, you know, physical examinations or, or whatever. You know. Because when when you start dealing with the chemicals, you do need help. Yes. Need well, help. I would I would say the the art of poisoning is probably as old as mankind itself. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, so so um, but have have you noticed a growth in terms of the numbers of perpetrators over time? No, because uh, I knew it was happening to me, but I didn't know it to anybody else. I just, I just didn't know because, like I said, when I would try to talk with other people about it, the people who knew about it, they wouldn't say anything. I mean, they wouldn't let you know that they knew. It, it's like a big secret. And the people that didn't know, I mean, they would be astounded and, and shocked, surprised. So, well, I, I think we can all relate to that. that that's, how, that's pretty much all of our, our experience. Um, yeah. Well, thanks for those answers. And, and now... Um, I, I tell you, I was inspired with this suggestion when I was listening to you, and um, there's many different ways people can contribute to activism, and one thing I thought we could use, we have uh, maybe one or two examples, but since you are a singer and a songwriter, I wonder if you'd ever be inspired to write a song about this issue. We, we could use some contributions uh, in the in the artistic realm, and I wonder if that's anything you've ever thought about. 
Yeah, yeah, I did. I have, I have wrote some songs about that, but I just never, I, I just never got them published uh, because uh, let's let's face it, you know, I'm not a, a business type person, and I never knew about how to get my stuff published. Uh, and now I knew how to copyright, so I, I had, I have several songs that I wrote about that. Uh, not about not about the, the uh, stalking specifically, but I, I always write a, uh, in a philosophical mood, you know, mode, I think. You know, for uh, people. I always write about people. So, okay. Well, I'm, glad, I'm, sure that, I'm sure the community would, would love to hear one of your songs uh, sung by you, put out on YouTube, if, if that's ever anything you, you thought you'd think about doing. I want to interject real quick. Before tonight's podcast, he asked me, he goes, oh, I have one on there I put up there not that long ago, if you want to listen to it, and I was blown away. Um, it reminds me, it's it's kind of a love song, but he told me he wrote it for his mother when she passed, but so beautiful. And you didn't get to do takeovers, it was just one take, and you got to sing it, and that was it, but... Wow, it was beautiful, I have to say. It was just classic. You should have made some money on that one, so I feel. It's not too late, that's for sure, because it's got that classic appeal. Are you talking about the just, just One Life, the song Just One Life? Just One Life. That was so beautiful. Yeah, yeah well, it's on, it's on YouTube. I mean, if anybody want to listen to it, hey. <laughs> I'll take a okay. listen. Uh, I'll get the link, and I'll take a listen to that. Well, um, uh, thank you for um, speaking out, and uh, I appreciate your words. Uh, you have a good night. Yeah, and thank you for the call. You know, I appreciate okay. it. Thanks, Matthew. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, so if you want to hear it, you look up on YouTube, Just One Life, Levi, and it should come up that easily. So. Uh, Levi Rawls, R-A-W-L-S. R-A-W-L, yeah. It was really beautiful. I was really blown away. Okay. Um, well, do you maybe, ever experience... Maybe. Do you, go, ahead. go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to ask, people are asking, um, uh, what, uh, have you ever experienced, like, sexual, uh, electronic sexual attacks? Like, do you experience... Electronic pain, electronic pain, like from electronic harassment. I don't think you do, but I just no. thought I would. That was a question in there. No, no, I've, I've never dealt with anything like yeah. that. Uh, yeah. I tell you what, though, we used to put stuff in my uh, in my car. So they would do that, and, and and you know the thing that really surprised me though about all this is that how good they are with lock. I mean, you you can lock stuff up and it don't mean anything. Yeah, you're right. It, it means nothing. I mean, and uh, and uh, I was I was talking with a locksmith about it. I said, "Can you fix a lock that that cannot be picked?" And he he looked at me and laughed. He said, "No, no, there is no such thing." He said, "You can I can fix one that would slow somebody down." He said, "But if they really know what they're doing, he said every lock is made for uh, innocent people." But people who are pretty honest, he said, that's what the locks are made for. But if the thief really want to, uh, uh, somebody want to do something, you know, there's no such thing. Yeah, I've heard that too. They said if you 
but this is something scary. You know, they say that one of the best deterrents, the number one deterrent, but this is usually for thieves, not in our situation, is getting a big dog. They do not like dogs. Uh, that's true. And, 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 you know, the thing about dogs is that if you have a dog in your house and somebody come in and you don't have a sign on your front door saying beware of dogs, something like that, somebody come in, I mean, I don't care if they break in. If they pick your lock and come in your place and the dog get a hold of them and they can take you to court and they can sue you for everything that you ever dreamed of. When something, that's appalling to me. That is appalling. If someone breaks in your house and they can sue you, that is, I don't, I only use this word when I'm super appalled. That's disgusting. I just can't even believe that's a possibility in our country that a thief, only in America does a thief have rights. Yeah. Well, no. my, my brother spent 11 years in prison because uh, he, he took a guy in and the guy stayed lived with him for a certain period of time. And so he found out the guy was stealing from him. So he put the guy out. The guy came back and broke into the house and my brother shot him. And, and he got 11 years for that. The guy broke I, I, in. He kicked, he kicked the door in and came in my brother's house. And my brother shot him. He got there's this mis- there's misinformation that someone breaks in your house that you can legally shoot them. So it's a little confusing. Well, what happened, the guy, after he shot the guy, the guy ran out of the house and fell dead on the sidewalk. Oh, so there was not proof that it was inside the house, I think. Yeah, well, yeah he, they, proved, they proved that he, he, he was in the house. That was proof of that. But when my brother shot him, he was running away. He, he was running away. Yeah. And, but he was still in the house when he was running. He ended up. Uh, Someone said in the chat room, because I you know, spent a lot of years in Texas, and uh, in Texas, yeah, they're... They, they they don't you can shoot someone they come on your property you will not get in trouble so yeah I guess it's state to state so um, okay you ready for another question Levi sure sure I'm coming to Peace Player hi Peace Player hi Ella hi I just wanted to thank Levi for coming on and sharing his story and telling him I'd be honored to be his friend and I would exchange him emails and phone numbers if you'd like to. Thank you. Yeah, just um, email me, um, Peace Player, and I will, um, you know, get him your information and email or whatever, you know, vice versa. So I think that's very nice. And thank you, Levi, for sharing your story, honey. Okay, sure. Sure. If there's anything anything that I can do in any kind of way, you know, uh, for people, I would do it, you know, if it can help. If it can help. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, you know, uh, I I was wondering for uh, many years about why, you know, why uh, uh, people are doing, you know, things like that, you know, like they're stalking and stuff. Uh, and, I, you know, I just never really figured out in all my life, you know, all the people I've met, all the things that I've done, the why people hate so much. Just just hate. You know? And 
never because it, it it is worthless. You know, you know, hatred, it is worthless and it is insane for anybody to hate anybody for any reason. And and normally things that people don't understand, they tend to look at it as being crazy or, or stupid or silly. You know. But uh I used to write stuff about uh, the way people judge other people, you know, like uh, that was a guy we call him Bunyan. We was when, when when I was a kid, you know, what did I say about you know in my teens. So Bunyan, he kind of acted as if he was kind of off in a certain way, you know, like he he wasn't all there, like his elevator didn't go all the way up to the top floor. So everybody was critical of him. The guy was really smart in his own way. He was just so different from everybody else. And and, and, and uh people just really kinda, you know, uh, misused him, uh, mistreated him, you know, because of that fact. So Bunyan and I really became good friends. And he was a friend. He was really truly a friend. And uh, he he had his work. I mean, some of the guys was a genius at math and, and a whole lot of other things. They they could do uh, they could do the things you know like, in, but Bunyan could do none of that. But he still had his worth. Whatever he thought, or whatever he believed, you know, he would tell you, and it wouldn't do him any good. But he would still tell you. And and I kind of looked at that as being, you know, worth something. It was worth a lot. But he had his own way of doing things. And it was very different from everybody else. And, you know, and some of this stuff in stalking, and, and this gang stalking and stuff like that, I think it kind of gets into that too. When people see somebody that they can't control, they don't feel like uh, they can run your... Uh, uh, control your life or ruin you or do something to you, make you feel bad, or try to pull you down, make you turn on yourself, you know. Uh, I think they look at that as being power because they don't know any better. You know, it's kind of like Monaghan, Senator Senator Monaghan told a, a news reporter one time, this this guy was young and he was in Monaghan's office and every time all the big politicians would come into Monaghan's office, they would have a meeting and they would leave. So this guy had to write the thing up and send it over to the newspaper, all the things that were discussed. And so and Monaghan was sitting there looking at the guy and he said, listen, he said, you're intimidated by these guys, these big shots that come in here. And say you're you're intimidated uh, by them, and so the news news reporter said no. He said he, he said yes. He said yes, you are. He said, but let me tell you one thing. Say you see the things, all the things that they are. He said you could you could be what they are. He said, but they could never be what you are. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so and that's how I kind of look at that. You know, the, the people who are doing the stalking stuff, they look at you. And they know that they can never be who you really are. You know, the people who are trying to go on with their life and trying to live their life and trying to be somebody, 
uh, be whatever they really want to be, you know. But, but the people who are doing the stalking, they can't do that. And they don't want you to do it. In fact, they don't even know that. And they're in fear that you might, you know, you might know something that they don't know. But this, but this, but the stalking thing—that's what it's about. It's it's all about control, for whatever reason. About control. Yeah, it seems to be the case. Yeah. It definitely seems to be the the case. Sometimes I wonder if they if they go after you worse if they're jealous of your life somehow. Yeah. And I just think. You know, it's like maybe they don't have a decent relationship. They don't have a family. You know, whatever the case may be, I don't know. Sometimes I wonder why they're so horrible and horrifying. Maybe it's just them, but sometimes I wonder if that's the case in some regards. Like you see some of these men that are – because I I found a house that was close by at one point. There's no one in the house now. And, you know, these were just like some – one of the guys was just – he's almost as disgusting as what he was doing. You know, so it's like, I don't know. It's just one of my things I wonder sometimes. Yeah. But, yeah. But, but it's a shame, though, that, that, that anybody could really let themselves get involved, I mean, in doing stuff like that. You know, I mean, they may feel that they owe somebody else something. Uh, maybe somebody bailed them out of a certain situation, and then they would ask him, say, well, I want you to do me this favor. I want you to stalk this guy, you know, or something like that. But I just, you know, it's just something that I would never do. Something yeah. I would never do. No morals at all, no ethics, no conscience. It's terrible. Okay, although the, some of them say it's just money. They've come in the chat room before. I don't know. I mean, just someone's perps and said it was all about the money. So they go, he said something like, I do it for the money. And I was like, oh, nice. But there are different perps. But how, check. But, but how much is money? I mean, you know, like you you, you get to looking at life and, and things like that. So you say, well, how much is money? Uh, how much is life? How much is love? How is reason? I mean, well, I don't know. Maybe I'll talk too much. Yeah, no, you're right. This is why you're here. Okay, I'm going to go to California for the next question. Hey, California. Hello. Um, I just, well, actually, you were talking about hate. He was talking about hate, and I wanted to say that hate can can eat you up from the inside. I don't see how people can live with constant hate. But um, what I really wanted to say was just thank you to Levi coming on and, and sharing with us and I love his name Levi, that's a beautiful name thank you yeah, I'm, I got my suntan in Florida, no, no, I'm just kidding I'm just kidding but, but you know like uh, uh, I, I spent some time in California I, I used to live on 6th Street uh, in, uh, Santa Monica or down, in downtown L.A., or is that Santa Monica? No, no, downtown L.A. LA. What, what did they call that place over there? Uh, it was uh, Ingles, Inglewood? No, Ingles. Yeah. Inglewood. Yeah. Oh, Inglewood. I remember. Yeah. Yeah, I was, I was on 6th Street, and I had me a nice garage apartment. And I ended up I ended up on Skid Row. No, what, were they, what was that other place where they had all the big rats? Oh, yeah. And 
motel. <laughs> yeah. Hotel. Yeah. Yeah. All the way down. I skidded it all the way down. Mm. Big shot to it. No shot. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for sharing. It is the city of who you know. Yep. If you, if you don't know anybody, you will never hardly get anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yes. Uh, you know, uh, I was, I, I know we'll forget the time that, uh, you see, you see, like when I was when I was in college, uh, it, it 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 was kind of a bad time for me, really, because I could never agree with I could I I could never agree with what uh, they were teaching, you know, and and when I was writing stuff, like I I stepped on a lot of people's toes, I really did, because I remember one thing, I remember once I wrote a thing that says. It says teachers are dead. You know, I I, I wrote this and put it in the uh in, in the in the uh in the newspaper. You know, say teachers are dead because they don't know. Uh, and they're gonna teach us all to not know. Uh, it it was stuff like that, and they died a long time ago, and they don't even know when they died. You know, I was talking about indoctrination and you know and stuff like that. And then. We got into this racist, uh, racial type thing. So I was writing a thing called, I was saying that superiority is not necessary. And it, and it wouldn't ever be possible without someone thinking themselves to be inferior. How is superiority? What what does it take to manufacture it? What is it start to quote, you know? And so, see, when things like that was going on, when I was writing stuff, uh, a lot. Of, I know a lot of people didn't like me. So when that harassment started, when that stalking thing started, but see, I'm thinking that it's because of what I was writing. But it didn't have to be that at all. It could have been. It could have been because of that. But it could have not been because of that too. It could have been just my mama just came up. And so I'm thinking government. I'm thinking government. I'm thinking the government has got, uh, because they were, the government was strongly after a lot of people back then. I mean, you know, Hampton, the the Black Panther. Yeah, and yeah, those were the agencies too. Those were like, and like the FBI, I saw horrible letters, like even to, you know, Martin Luther King telling to commit suicide. You know, right. the FBI, you know, they were, yeah, COINTELPRO. They were trying to take down these groups. You know, anything that was considered a deviant group or that's going to, you know, uh, instigate change, you know, they didn't want any, yeah, they didn't like that. They didn't want any voices of dissent. But, but the, thing that, the thing that really surprised me about it all, though, was that the church, I mean, when, when the church, when I found out that the church was in it, too, you know, that, that's really surprising. Yeah, that that can be very very sad. Um, you know, it, it depends. You know how churches can be. So, 
Sometimes I don't really know what they're doing or why they're doing it, but, you know, I don't think, I think churches can be really naive in the mindset, so sometimes they just get on board and they don't really know why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you catch those, because a lot of those people are very, very ambitious. And the rules, you know, uh, wait. Waiting tables is one way that you can find out a whole lot of stuff, too. And I waited tables, too, for a while. I was a waiter. I did all the cards. I did banquet. Uh, I was even a pot washer at one time. Dishwasher. Uh, 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 kitchen fork. In fact, I was a cotton picker at one time, too. Cotton chopping. Wow. A farmer. You know, like we had the, the hogs and the cows and the chickens. And, uh, we, had to plant, we had to cultivate and grow our own vegetation, kill the hogs, moving from country to the city. Big transition. I even had a job one time uh, uh, collecting rent for the mob. <laughs> I didn't I didn't know what it was. I asked the guy for a job, right? So he gives me a card. He says, come see me. <laughs> I don't know if this guy's a mob, you know. <laughs> so he said, no. So he says, we got a good job for you, you know, like collecting rent. I said, oh, yeah, yeah. I said, what does it pay? He says, do you get a quarter on every dollar you collect? You get a quarter, 25 cents. I said, hey, man, that's a good deal. I said, uh, uh, when, when do I start? He said, you can start in the morning. <laughs> so the guy about to pick me up. The first thing the guy asked me, he said, uh, he said you got your piece? I said, piece? I said, what are you talking about, a piece? So he reaches into his bosom and he pulls out the 9 millimeter and he says, and he's driving the car as, as he's doing it. He said, this is a piece, man. He said, do you understand? So he looked at me. He said, where are you from? <laughs> I said, Arkansas. I said, oh, okay, okay. He said, uh, what I don't understand, he said, why you don't have your piece? I said, what do I need a piece for, man? He said, you collecting rent, man. <laughs> but anyway, to make a long story short, they were taking people's stuff and sitting it out on the lawn. And the people wouldn't even be at home. They would kick the door in, and they would go in and, 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 and take all the furniture, everything out of the house, set it out on the lawn. So people walking down the sidewalk, and they would say, ooh, that's a pretty lamp. And say, get it. So they would take the lamp up and walk on away with it. But, see, but the people who, who were getting their furniture set out on the lawn, they had work or someplace, but they didn't pay their rent, see. So they got an eviction notice. And the way they evict people in Chicago is that way. They do that that way. And they can set you out on the lot. So it ended up being gunplay, people flashing guns, and all this cussing and fussing and fighting. And, and you know. <laughs> so I had one day. I went out, I went out to collect rent for one day, and I, and I went back there, and, and, and I told the guy, I said, listen, I, said, I don't want no part of this. I won't out. So he said, why? I said, somebody can get hurt. So he tells me, he says, listen, he said, just don't make it, let it be you. 
He said, if you get out there and you hurt somebody, somebody, I said, yeah, but I can get in trouble. He said, no, 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 no. He said, you work for me, you don't get in trouble. You don't spend no night in jail. You understand? I said, no matter what the crime, he said, no matter what the crime, I don't care. I don't care about that. They ain't messing with my money. You understand? So you do your job. Blah, 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 blah. But it was interesting. You know, like, I'm saying, you know, like all the things that that, that uh, I was learning, you know, like when I went to the big city and when I was uh, waiting tables, you know, like, uh, hear people talking. You didn't want to. Sometimes you wanted to and you couldn't hear it. You know, but, it, it, it was the interesting. Life is like like some life is something. It is. I'm sorry. Are you ready for some? Oh, sorry. I love listening to your story and your long your life. It's been very interesting, and I'm sure other people find it interesting too. So that's kind of what the testimony you're sharing, your life experience. You know. So I'm going to go ahead. Are you ready for another question? Yeah. Sure. Uh, hey, I mean, I'm ready for any question. I don't care. I don't care what it is. If I can't answer, you know, I I'll let you know. I promise. Hey, I can't answer. But, uh, okay, let me go to New York City. Hi, New York City. Peace and blessings. Hello, peace and blessings. Um, my name is Dennis, and I'm a first time caller, and I want to commend Elon. I want to commend Eli um, for his story. I can listen to his stories all day. Um, I've been listening to you, Ella, for a long time, and sometimes you have to be very careful of these things. It could be disinformation. So I'm right. very, very cautious, very, very cautious. I'm a prior um, retired law enforcement supervisor, and I've been going through this for 14 years, and I have a lot to add. Um, Eli makes me feel very comfortable, and I can hear the sensitivity and the sincerity in his voice. This program that we're going through is bigger than we think, and the the way I've dealt with it is to just say that I'm going to die, and whether it be sooner or later, and I've just accepted it, but it's not right. And... Brother Eli here made me come out and, and commend him. I just want to say to him and ask him in his darkest hours when things get really, really bad, does he question the man upstairs? Because I find myself doing that. Um, and what, what brings you to the next day, I should say? Uh well, you know, I don't, uh, I don't look at it. Uh, I think, I think it's something more. Now, now, I'm not saying that there's no God, but I think it's something more to that story. I think it's something that uh, uh, people are not telling. Uh, maybe they, maybe it's because they just don't know. I, 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 my father was a pastor, and I went to church for years and years and years. And I tried to be right. I did the best that I could. But it was just too many things that I just couldn't accept. Now, 
other people can believe anything that they wish, that they want to. But I think it's more to the story than where it's been told. So, uh, I just believe it's different. So I don't, I don't look to God to help me out of every situation. Uh, I don't want to be on my knees. Thinking, you know, I think, I think He gives me plenty. In fact, He gives me too much sometimes. Uh, but I think that one of the best things that He gives me is that. I can do it. He allowed me that. Grant me that. He allowed me to be able to do it. So, I don't think that he wants me to be. Whatever God is or wherever he's from or whatever he do, I don't think that he really wants me to be coming to him at every turn and situation. I mean, I don't care how dire a situation may be. <clears throat> I think that he's you kind of look at me and say, well, you know, yeah, I will help you, but you can do it. You can do it. So, uh, I mean, I look out into the, uh, the, the uh, outer space out there. Out there, there's life. I'm, I'm certain of that. I'm certain that there's other beings, uh, whatever, you know, they be. And uh, we are not the only ones. I really believe that. I think God made that too. I think that it's more to the story than what we hear, what we see. Because for 40 years, I, I went to church and I still hear the same story over and over and over. But I wanted more. So. Thank you, Eli. And, and I feel the same way. And when it gets really rough, I'll try to remember that because um, I'm a loner too, and uh, I don't trust that many people. You know, thank you, Elon. You, you know what? You know it's good to believe in something. It, it is it is fantastic to believe in something. I mean, the church have done a lot of great things, and the church has done a lot of bad things too. But it's it's great. But one of the best things that you can believe in too is you. You know, you have to believe that you can do it. You have to believe that you can do it. Whatever has to be done. You can't do everything, but I think that you can do whatever is necessary. And you know, one of the things, people can say what they want to say about America, but see, like I've been out here, and I have been out there, like on the road, on the street, and, and didn't have anything. People will help you. You know, there are good people. I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about people that are just black, white, brown, red, green. I don't care what color. I don't care where you go. You're gonna find good people, but there are some bad ones too. And I've learned that. And so when I meet people. I don't color them. I don't. I don't paint them as being bad or good. I just paint them as being people. Not until they show me 
When they show me, I let them show me. I don't judge them. I let them show me whether they're good or bad and whether I want to fool with them or if I don't. That is my motto. That's, that's, that's what I look like. Uh, I know how people have helped me. And when I talk about this stalking mess here, and this is why I feel the way that I feel about it. If there's anybody out there that I can help in any way by just coming up and saying this or doing that or whatever, you know, I would do it. I don't think it's wrong. And it's, it's hurting a lot of good people. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I get carried away. No, you're not getting carried away at all. I mean, I enjoy listening to you personally. I could just listen to you for a day. So um, thank you. Um, okay, New York City, thanks for the input. And, you know, it's hard for me to tell with this information or not, you know, because sometimes I think they really believe what they're sharing. So, and I feel like people should have a, a, a platform to share their stories. And, you know, sometimes I may not agree with their ideas, but I try to be careful and use good discernment, but I'll, I'll take it into consideration what you said and, and, and kind of check out their stories. The other thing is, sometimes when I talk to a person, I may speak to them for 30 minutes, and sometimes the topic drifts to more personal things like their family or my family, whatever the case may be. So I don't always know what a person's, you know. I can't guess in a 30-minute conversation, or I can't predict how an interview for three hours is going to turn out in a 15- to 30-minute conversation, if that makes sense. So I kind of try to go through that. Yeah. Well, you know, see, for you to be doing what you are doing, you understand, it says much, much. It says a lot. Because a lot of people are capable of, of, of doing uh, certain good things, but they won't. They will never do it. They will never do it. But for you to take out your time and and and. And, you know, and put it into this this type of thing, you know, that is fantastic. And I don't think that most people really realize, you know, what it, it is, how fantastic it really is, you know, for you to be doing what you are doing. Uh, well, thank you, Levi. That's, those are very kind words. I really appreciate it. You know, you know I mean, I do, I do think I go ahead. Do you realize that people be searching a lifetime? Some people be searching for you, Ella. Uh, for a lifetime, and never find. It never, if, if, and then if you wasn't doing what you were doing, you you think about the people that wouldn't have uh, some kind of gratification, uh, uh, some kind of direction that they have now. You think about all the people. There's a lot of people. There's a lot of people who need your help. I mean, I'm talking about really, really, really need your help. And I don't think I don't think you realize, you know. How important you really are. Oh, well, that's kind of you. Well, I just decided, you know, when I found the community, I wasn't going to waste any time. I felt like something needed to get done, and I really didn't know the direction I was going to go. I know I wanted to have a call because I sure loved them myself. There was a lady named Linda, and this woman, Shelly, she had an interview call, you know, and Derek to some regard, too, but I just appealed to the support part of it as well, and you know, I just kind of found my niche, you know, on accident. You know, I just decided to have interviews, and I just decided I was going to ask anybody and everybody, and I don't care how scared I was. You know, I was going to try and bring people that could really help us, you know, and find people like you and 
you know, decent people and try to bring them on. And, um, and I try to answer every email I ever get. I really do because I hate to hear that people are struggling and sometimes I just need to be connected to another person, you know, and I'm not looking for any kudos. You know, I, I appreciate, you know, you saying those things. It is nice to hear those things, but I really, I, I, I would do it anyways. You know, I just want people to know that, you know, I didn't set out to do anything in particular other than have a call and give support. Um, it just turned into something different. You know, I just decided to take an educational standpoint and, and try to really, um, you know, do what everybody else thought would do if maybe they could. You know, I just decided that I was going to be bold and, you know, call people up and try to get people involved in the, you know, and expose this program, you know. And like I said earlier, you know, have people like you come on. Someone's going to relate to you. Someone's going to get something out of what you have to say. And that's what um, that's what I hope for, at least. And in your case, I'm sure a lot of people get a lot out of listening to you. Uh, yeah, I, I appreciate that, too, you know, but... Life is a experience. It, it's, uh, you know, but you know, like the one thing that I, it took me a long time to realize is that anything that that I, that I have written, I wrote, uh, uh, anything that I would write, uh, nobody knows your life, your life, but you. You're the only person that really knows your life. Other people can sympathize with it. They. They they can kind of understand, you know. Maybe they can they can grasp some kind of understanding of what you're really talking about, but they don't know it. And, and so your story, see, every every one of us have a story, and, and it's it's really something. But nobody knows your story but you. I don't care how many times if you if you had a strip if you had strips of paper in your hand, you could write. A thousand years, nobody will know your story but you. People can only sympathize with what you are really saying, what you're really doing. So that's one thing that I finally, I, I realized, you know, like when I was writing, uh, I, I finally came to that little thing called the straightest way. You know, like uh, I was talking about that all the ways that I could go, you know, because that was a soldier. That, that, was, that was a soldier. He was saying that uh, that uh, I am the soldier of soldiers, and swiftly I'm moving on. But I'm riding from and into nowhere since the day that I was born. My sword is gleaming at my side, but I have killed its cause, so I wear it wrong. No side is my side. No place at home. I'm the soldier of soldiers. Oh, how I ride this horse I'm on. The horse. But his name is Liberty Justice. But I would kill even him if I'm another song. I call the hearts and masses of questions to keep the truth up on. I call sights and visions. I call the minds from the brain. I call reasons from decision. And into pure sanity, I pull pure vain. But when he came to the end, end of all this destruction and all these things that he was doing, this is called a soldier, soldier. And he was sitting there looking back. And he saw the crooked way that he came, when he could have came straight. But, but he saw the footprints portraying a long, crooked path that, that he had, you know, that he had portrayed that. So, and he was looking back and he said, well, he was in a room of steel, but no one was the door. And he was saying, no man can free me, for no man can see me. No man knows who I am. No man can owe me, for no man can grow me, for no man really gives a 
that no man can free me, for no man can need me, for no man's name is mine. He found out that he was a soldier without a cause. All the stuff that he had messed up and all the things that he had did, all the things he had destroyed, he did it all for no reason. He didn't have a cause. He just did it. And then when you look at these people that are gang stalking, they are soldiers without a cause. They don't even know what they are doing. They don't even know what they are destroying. And one of the things that really make it bad is that they don't care. That's okay. Yeah. That's okay because people like you, there will always be an elbow somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. I appreciate it again. Uh, I know what I realized. You you talk like a minister or a pastor, and now I know your father did that. You, you have that gift. Uh-oh. I'm in trouble now. <laughs> it's a good thing, though. I mean, it's a wonderful thing to listen to. So, okay, I have another person here from New York. Are you ready to take another question? Sure. All righty, let me get to that New York here. Hi, New York. Good evening, evening Ella and Levi. <clears throat> I loved listening to you, and I always learn from all of your philosophy and those of others. I wanted to mention, uh, you were talking about locks, and I'm not sure that TIs realize, but it happened to me. I thought, you know, I knew padlocks were easy to get into. That's not a problem. That's quick. I had a lot of stuff stored in a friend's safe in an apartment next door to me in a closet. And this is to show you how the surveillance is. They, They knew that I had put valuable stuff of mine into that safe. They were able, when I was out of the building for a few hours, they were able to open that safe easily and take every last thing of mine and not touch any of his money or anything else that was also valuable. Although my thing, my stuff was things, a wallet with ID, with uh, credit cards and all that stuff, which I constantly replace about every other month. But the thing that they did take was the last of my amber from Lithuania, seven necklaces. Now, they've taken it all. They've taken every last personal, precious thing I own. And there's no way, because I really, truly could not understand that they could get into a safe that easily. You you trust the floor safe. I mean, this is a huge monster. But I'm just telling other TIs, when you mentioned locks, that people should know safes with combination locks are not any safer than padlocks. I really want people to know that. Um, there was one other thing I wanted to mention, of course, that probably slipped my mind. Oh, I know what. Um, they don't do a lot with my mind because for some reason um, <laughs> I got so many things going that I, they, can't, they can't get to it, I guess. But instead, when they can't, when they get a person like me that's so strong-willed and so busy with 10 things going all at the same time, noisy and, I mean, constantly, they attack the body. And that microwave burning day in and day out on spots in your body until it breaks the skin and it causes all kinds of craziness and removes the skin. Your skin looks like a reptile skin all over and all. Then they get you other ways. So there's no way to escape this, as you reiterated many times tonight. There's no way to get away from this. But um, I just feel so badly that um, (laughs) there's so many people involved in this and... um, 
I am very optimistic and positive, and I think 2018 is going to be our year. I think it's going to be the year when this is all going to be blown sky high. And I feel strongly, you know, everybody said, oh, forgive people and all this kind of thing, but for how they're torturing many of us 24-7, especially with sleep deprivation for eight years, um, I think that they should be punished to the fullest extent of the law. And for, you know, I've read the International Hague documents and, you know, internationally how these things are handled, torture, and life imprisonment is nothing. If they damage you like they've done to all of us, as far as I know, um, I mean, most of us, let's put it that way, um, the death penalty is not good enough for them as far as I'm concerned. And um, I just feel so badly for so many people living in cars and you know i mean they've made us all broke that's that's just a given but for those that don't have a place to live properly and right now the wind chill here where i am is 10 below zero so it's not a good good situation but i wanted to thank you so much for sharing and i learned a lot from you and others because that's the best way we can do is learn from others i wish you the best always and thanks all for allowing me to talk hey thank you good night you know what? You're going to be just fine. <laughs> I'm so damn stubborn. <laughs> I can't <laughs> be otherwise. You know, my my day is just start. I don't know night from day anymore. I really don't. I can't even remember when I last slept. I don't know if it was yesterday or the day before. I have no, <laughs> I can't keep up with it. But I just keep, I, I live in my life twice as fast as anybody else because I'm not sleeping maybe an hour, an hour, 15 minutes a day. So consequently, I'm getting a lot done. I just keep working. You know, I'm doing a lot of writing, written, wrote a book, and just keep moving, you know. I, and the thing is, I tell everybody, get out of your house and don't just sit there like a, a sitting target because it's easier to hit you when you're sitting still than when you're outside walking or visiting or gone someplace. I, mean, I don't care if you go horseback riding or hiking in the forest. Do something because it's, it's, it just makes them happy when they hit us as hard as they do, I think. They just get some kind of thrill from it. Can you can you go to some place that would be safe for you and uh where you don't know anybody and just go there and stay two or three days? I've tried everything. I have tried so hard. I've gone to foreign countries. I mean I, I've gone to Europe and everything else. I mean, they're they within twenty four hours they are hooked up on me and locked on me just like I am at home. And in Europe I found it worse. So even locally, I do find a place 70 miles south of me where there are no cell towers, and it's in the mountains, and um, I'm safe there for about three or four hours until the satellites, I think, come back around. And um, the thing is, when you don't sleep for so long, I would have to learn how to sleep again normally. I can't sleep. You know what I mean? That's the thing that really got me concerned about you, is that, you know, you're not getting to sleep. That's right. You you got you you got to figure out some kind of way to get that. <laughs> no, but I haven't figured it out yet. I've been doing this for twenty five years. No, I haven't figured it out yet. No, that's that's part of their program, you know. And then they knock me out unconscious, you know, constantly in inappropriate times when there are people around, and you know. So I'm always with friends that know what's going on to make sure that because I really look stupid, and it's it's really dumb. You know, to be intelligent and, and, and doing what I'm doing in life, helping others for the past 40 years, doing everything I have in this world, and then they knock me out in, in inappropriate times. 
and then I get written up or they're trying to evict me because I'm sleeping and oh Jesus, yeah, it, it's just one thing after another. But as far as the sleeping, I've I've tried even in you know when I get to this this place where it's a beautiful surrounding and it's just gorgeous there, and um, I can't sleep because I I you know I I can't sleep on demand. I don't know what I probably have to go out and exercise or something to get tired because. I can't sleep like you do. You know, you lay down, it gets nighttime, and you get tired and you sleep. That's a normal thing to do, I guess. I don't know how many people there are like me that are well, treated this way. They say the, they say the older you get, the less sleep that you, you get. That's, that's what a lot of people say. I, you know. And my father was the same way. He required very little sleep. He never slept more than four hours, and they think we have this DEC3 gene where I don't require a lot of sleep to begin with, and that's why I'm still alive today. If I was like you and Ella, who normally require a normal amount of sleep, I wouldn't be living today. I don't think. Well, I don't because sleep. I don't. I don't sleep that, that much. I sleep on the average of about, uh, I'd say five, five or six hours a day. Maybe, maybe sometimes I don't sleep that much. But five or six, they say, is very good. You know, the research I've done on the sleep problem. If you can sleep five or six hours, you're doing very good for your health. Um, but if you sleep less than four, then they say you start running into trouble. So I'm waiting for the trouble to set in because I just keep going like a machine day after day after day. And, you know, it's cold, and I find I, you know, I'm in a building of 50 senior and senior apartments, so I spend a lot of time outside. And even if it's below zero, I go out because I can escape some of this stuff better outside in the cold I have found when it snows hard and when it rains hard, a lot of their stuff from satellites and remote locations does not get through as easily. I've discovered that through my own observations. So I try to be outside and, uh, <clears throat> you know, it's it's a tough thing because um, Ella knows me and I'm blind besides, so I have to be a little bit careful um, not to get myself into real trouble. But I live in the country. I don't live in a town. I've never lived in a city. I live in the country, like always, and I love the country. And um, I just keep going on, going on. And I'm just waiting for the day when we're going to be all rid of this whole thing. And that's what we're all fighting for, those of us that have the time and the energy and the wherewithal to write, to to talk, to just, you know, uh, give... Uh, can, I, can I say this? I think, yes. I think you're doing fine. I really do. I think that you're doing something the most. I know. You kind of know where you're at. Right, right. And like I say, the harder they hit me, the faster I dance and the louder I sing. You know, just keep going on. And if you stop and you let them get too much of your mind and get in there too deeply, you get depressed, you get demoralized, you get, you know, just down to the black bottom, and then they have you right where they want you. And they've never done been able to do that to me. And I think that's one thing they fight for every day. Yeah, because see, you know where you are. I mean, oh, I do. And, and you, and you pretty much know who you are too. So you I know think so. And I think that's the way you are, Levi. Is you've lived through experience uh, and you've been creative, and all you had to do t- to be able to survive, all you did. And I think that's what everybody has to do. You can't weaken and just say, oh, this is horrible, This is, and recount everything that happens time and time. Forget it. It happened. It's done. It's history. Live for the next moment because what's behind you can't help you anyway. You've got to start living for today and tomorrow. Forget the past because we can't do anything about that. 
But you got to start living because I say a lot of these people, and I listen to them on these calls, I feel so sad for them because they're so demoralized by this thing. To me, it doesn't have a lot of space in my life. I just don't have time for it. You know, they picked the wrong person, actually, because I just don't have time for any part of them or anything else. And I think if everybody had this attitude, we'd be able to put some of this program down to some degree. But anyway, I love listening to people like you. I really do. And Ella, thank you for your wonderful calls and your guests. They're all great. If everyone was like you, you know, I, I mean, they would have more to do. <laughs> <laughs> I know. If you only knew how many people I have on me in this I have nine people working on me 24-7 in this building. And they're still, you know, <laughs> they're still chasing me around with magnetrons. It doesn't, it doesn't really bother me because there's nothing I can do about it. I can't change it. So I'm going to live my own life. They can do whatever they want. They can live their own life, but I'm living mine too. Because if I don't, it's like I never lived. Yeah, hang in there. Give them hell. Give them hell. <laughs> I'm killing for a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, I think it's. I actually laugh at them, and I think that makes them even more angry. But um, it's a joke to me. It's a big joke at this point that, you know, how can these people waste their time? Go out and cure cancer. You know, the world needs a cure for cancer. I mean, we, there's a lot of things they can be doing to help people. They don't need to destroy people. Yeah. But anyway, I, I like I say, I'm, I'm so happy that uh, there are people that we can learn from because I think that's the best way. I can't sit and read a book like everybody can do. And a lot of these books are not recorded on talking books. So um, my best way of learning is from other people. So thank you for your time. You've been wonderful. Yeah. Well, you're welcome. I'm Thanks, Ella. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you so much. I tell you what, Ella. Yes. Ella, you have some interesting guests. I tell you this. This is one of the, this is one of the most interesting programs that I've ever heard. I mean, I, I watch TV sometimes, you know, and I watch some of these talk shows and things like that. But uh, uh, they have a way to go to catch up with you. <laughs> I mean, you know, this is, this is real. This is not, you know, that, that phony baloney. All, all this, I mean, these are real people. Yeah. Nobody is putting on a show or trying to, you know, this, this is real. Yeah. I think that's what I like about it, too. It's, you know, what part of the reason why it's so easy to come back day after day every time I do this. It's like I get to hear... Real people, and this isn't fake news, and no one's controlling me and telling me what to say, and you know what I mean, and no one's telling you what to say, and I think that's really important in the country we live in. At least we can abide by some of America's principles. Yeah. Well, well I hope you, I hope you get an award. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You guys are my reward. Thanks. I hope we can expose this. I hope that. I can bring some more media attention. My goal is just to bring, you know, bring media attention and try to educate the best I can. You know, I'm still learning myself. I can't, I'm no expert in the, how everything's happening and who's doing it to everybody. But, um, you know, I'm exposing it and trying to bring people to, on board that might be able to help us expose it a little more, you know. And then, you know, I get this wonderful community, so I'm the lucky one. Okay, when I go to Connecticut, they're waiting. They have a question for you. Hi, Connecticut. Hi, this is Connie. Hi, Ella. 
Hi, Connie. Hi. I would just like to um, thank him for telling his story. I did miss the first half hour, um, so, you know, I'm going to have to go back and listen to the recording. But um, I did catch the part where he was talking about, like, chemical weapons or chemicals and stuff. So my question to him is, um, has he tried or looked into any detox methods? Like, does he know about the lookout for Charlie? And for the last lady who spoke and said, you know, about the sleeping and stuff, um, you know, they've been spraying this stuff in the chemtrails and it's falling on the leaves, the grass, the trees, and getting in our ducts, duct system and our water and our food. And um, I've been heavy into detoxing because they're hitting me heavy with chemical and biological as well as radiation. So, um, and, and it's made a huge difference. And um, I've gotten, you know, on certain parts of my body, they actually had a lot of this stuff and I didn't know it. But as I got this stuff off my body, the parts of my body that they were able to target, um, then I knew something was there and I would just sit here and use certain products and get them off my body as quickly as possible. I sleep better. They still target me, but it's not as effective. Um, so my question to, uh, and, and the other thing is, you speak with, um, it seems like from your heart and with a lot of depth and insight, and um, I really think you should consider having your own call, and it would be like an inspirational meeting because um, you, you have like, um, you know, there's like inspiration, you know, in your voice and what, what you say. But have you looked into detox um, to get the, the step out of your body, whether it's um, an ionizing foot bath or, you know, Epsom salts and detoxing inside from the chemicals? Yes, Yes, I, I I used to go to the health store and and buy a lot of stuff that detoxification. But what I'm, what I mostly learned is that uh, when I come in contact with the stuff, I, I don't uh, stay in it too long. Uh, there used to be I didn't know what was really happening to me, and I would really get contaminated real bad. But uh, as time went on. One of the things that really helped me is that I can recognize it now. But a few things that worry me about that, though, is that sooner or later they're going to come up with something that I won't be able to detect, you know, right off of hand. But you really have to watch it. You, 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 have, you have to watch your eyes. You have to watch your, your, uh, your, your personality. I mean, you know, you can, you can do you can do things that you never did before. You know, like uh, if, if, if uh, someone says something to you and you get angry all of a sudden, you know, stuff like that. Well, it could be because of the simple fact is that you are being contaminated with uh, some kind of chemical things that because it does alterate your personality sometimes. Different stuff tend to have different effects. Because I've I noticed that you know, sometimes I come in contact with some of the stuff, and like it, it's hard for me to be motivated. Like I, I, I can't. I just, just don't want to get up. I just don't want to go. I don't want to do anything. Just become, you know, dormant or whatever. But yeah, the the, the chemicals do tend to have a certain effects, and you just have to watch yourself. 
try not to, if, if you do get into it, you know, uh, you, you try to discover where it is and then you do something to alter it, uh, to change it, uh, to stay away from that area, you know, for a certain period of time. And another thing that I found out, too, is that, like, sometimes I come in and my whole place would be contaminated. And as if someone put some mace or, uh, or something like that in it. So what I would do is that I would just raise all the windows, turn it, put put a fan in the window, and you know put one in the door, and just air the place out real good. You know, but in the winter time that's kind of rough, you know. But I will do it. I've done that. You know, so. Yeah, with me they're using something called biofilm. It's like glue in organisms. And and so they did, you know, they coated my steering wheel, my entire car inside and out, my house inside and out, the windows. And you can't tell this stuff is on there unless you use hot sauce or ketchup, and then it allows you to see it. And um, it, But it's glue with the organisms, and they did my yard and my fence and my trees and everything. Um, but I'm getting really good at um, detoxing and um, also uh, doing my house. And as far as, like, getting angry or upset, uh, I'm an intuitive and energy sensitive um, because I've been microchipped from head to toe um, is because why I'm energy sensitive. But I've always been intuitive since I was born. And I think that I, I get that from my mom's side. She was, um, she's Japanese and, and she's a, her religion was Buddhism. Um, but anyways, um, uh, so I, I tend not to get upset or, you know, I avoid um, confrontation and things like that, not because I feel uncomfortable because I can defend myself pretty well um, physically and mentally. It's just I choose to stay in the positive, be happy, joy, and I have a lot of inner peace because I died in 2010 and I was gone for a little while and I was sent back. Um, And I was sent back to help people. I'm supposed to stay strong and help people. And I didn't know what that meant at that time when I died. Um, but now I know what it means because I realized in 2014, I knew I was, I knew I was harassed and my electronics were compromised in 2011 and 12, but by 2014 is when I found FFCHS and I realized I was a targeted individual. (laughs) So, um, but, um, yeah, you, you speak with a lot of depth and insight and inspiration, so, you know, I really think you should consider having your own calls because from your experiences and stuff. And um, there seems to be a lot of good energy coming from what you're saying and your voice. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. Thank you, but, no uh, but, but we got Ella. <laughs> yeah. yeah we oh, got yeah. Ella. I'm so thankful to Ella because, you know, I, I do know T.I. have killed themselves. And, and just to let you know, I think um, other celebrities like Marvin Gaye, Michael Jackson, Whitney Houston, and Robin Williams were all, um, um, they were targeted. I think Marvin Gaye, if you listen to his songs, and the Black Eyed Peas, Where is the Love? Listen to the words of that song. So this stuff has been going on for decades. And um, I think those people were um, victims of, of this uh, covert evil stuff going on. Mm-hmm. You know, that's interesting. That, that's really interesting that you say that, uh, you know, which, which, because uh, I, I did a little research on, on, on those entertainers, and, uh, and I, I know some of them. I know some of those people, but I, I, didn't, I didn't know Marvin Gaye. I never met him. I 
never met Sam Cooker. But the singers that I knew was a, a little older. Uh, but that was a guy named Little Willie John. He was 30 years old when he died. A guy named Sam Cook. He was 32. These guys died before they reached their prime. And, and they were some of the best entertainers uh, that they ever been, really. They were really, and, and you and you had some other guys too. That you had some other entertainers who died young, who death was mysterious, and never was investigated. It just you know. So, I think those people, the one that that I named, of Sam Cook, Louis, John, Johnny Hathaway, uh, some other people, they were people that no one could really control them, and they pretty much did what they wanted to do. They didn't last very long. So I think I think that this this stalking thing and, 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 and uh a lot of other stuff goes a lot higher than what what we're thinking about. Uh you know like uh, I, I I can see a poor person, a person who is poor saying, well, you know, this will always happen to poor people. This and that other but I think it happens to the upper class too. I really do. I really think it. Has, I think that they have programs for them too. So. Yeah, I don't think they discriminate. I think they go uh, all. You know, <clears throat> most supposedly most TIs are women, and most of the TI women are women to women minorities. And I happen to be, you know, half Japanese, and so in a way, I consider myself a minority. But um, I do think they go across all races, religions. Um, you know, um, economic ba- backgrounds, they go for the wealthy, they go for the poor. Um, and, and it's, yeah, it's really terrible. But the, And they've been at this stuff for a couple hundred years. You know, Illuminati formed in 1776. Um, Kennedy tried to disclose, you know, he tried to warn us. And, you know, they, they assassinated him. So, um, but I'm an activist and I... I talk to people. I don't care if they're at the pharmacy, you know, the local CVS or wherever. I, I talk to people and I tell them I've been microchipped from hemp to toe. I'm EMF sensitive, and you know, there's a lot of evil stuff going on, and they're spraying pathogens in the sky, which bonds easily with lung tissue, and that's what causes a lot of asthma and breathing issues and things like that. But you should look for things all, other than chemical smells. You should look for like dust particles because they're using smart dust, which is like the organisms. So it might be white dust or it might be gray and, and the stuff we breathe it in and stuff. And look for any clear liquids that appear on the floor or your counter or maybe that come out of your nose because um, this is also a sign of some of the uh, uh, chemical weapons they're using. It's interesting. I, I really hope, I really hope to bring my case forward at some point um, against the federal government, and um, to tr- I'm going to write letters to Trump. I'm going to do signed, notarized affidavits, because I used to work for the FDA, and I I submitted whistleblower complaints, and I never disclosed everything I know, and I know a lot of bad stuff. And I'm gonna, I think I'm going to share some stuff that I didn't share with Obama, um, with Trump, and see see what happens from there. Yeah. That's very interesting. And these people did reveal to me that, um, number one, England didn't lose their claims to the United States. The Nazis didn't lose the war. They are doing this to children. 
Um, so they've revealed quite a bit to me mm-hmm. um, through spam. I don't get the BTK and stuff, but they send me spam emails. They control my radio. Um, so they do commercials and songs. And, and so um, through the spam emails and, and uh, text messages and things like that, they, they revealed quite a bit to me over the past, you know, three, four years. You know, uh, can I say just one thing here? You know, mm-hmm. speaking of speaking of wars and, and, and all the all the fighting that's going on in the world and stuff like that, I think it's a shame what we really do to the children. You know, like in Afghanistan and, and some of these other countries, you know, wars wars have been going on for 15 years. You stop and think about that. A child was born, you know, 15 years ago, and he, and he lived in Afghanistan. He, this child has never known peace. You know, all his, his life, all his or her life, they've been in war, war, war. Every day is war. People dropping bombs and on and on and on. But I, I was talking with some of the people who lived in those countries, and and they were telling me about, you know, some of the things that they had to go through. But then the soldiers, the soldiers are not the one that really suffers. People that, when, when you start a war, the people that really suffer are the, the citizens. I mean, you know, like the irregular, everyday person and the children. The children are destroyed. They are really destroyed. I mean, what war do, do to children, it is a shame. It is really, it is really terrible. It's awful. That's, that's all I want to say. Well, they they um, funded and and initiated and um, uh, did most wars for the purpose of experimentation, like um, Vietnam, Agent Orange, the Korean War, radiation, um, Iraqi War, direct energy weapons, mind control. Um, I actually think the roadside bombs that went off, that the soldiers lost their limbs and lives, I think that was to test robotics on soldiers because these evil people want immortality for themselves. And um, they know they can't be totally human and live forever. So they know they have to be part robot and maybe part human. Um, But I believe it was to test robotics on soldiers because even an average person like me could have, thought of a way that they could have saved lives and limbs by putting extended arms with heavy wheels that would go over the um, set off the roadside bomb before the vehicle was on it. So I do think, you know, it's a money-making machine and, um, and, and they experiment. I didn't know they did radiation on, in the Korean War, which my father served in, until only a few years ago. And maybe, and maybe they continue with the children because, you know, um, with what's happening with me and one of my sisters died from non-Hodgkin's lymphoma um, 20, 27 years ago. And so I, I think, you know, I think wars aren't, I, I don't think wars are, I, I actually think they initiate and plan and fund and the wars for specific reasons. Well, mm-hmm. I know it's a, of, it's a lot of money in, in war and in crime. Uh, you know, like the, the courthouse and the Pentagon, I do know that they make much, much money. They make lots and lots and lots of money. 
Yeah, and many soldiers died in the Iraq War. And one thing I do remember from watching footage of the Iraq War, there was some uh, lady doctor, and I and she had a name like they called her like Doctor Death or something. But anyway, she was a chemical in biological and chemical warfare, and they really wanted to find her information. So my question is, did they find the information from that Dr. Death um, with her biologicals and chemical weapons, and are they using that on some of us right now? Oh, no. That would be interesting to find out. Yeah, yeah, that would be interesting. Kinetic, uh, Connie, I wanted to say you sh- you have got to get your own talk show. Oh. You okay. should. Have it like once a week, and, you know, you can share all your, all your you know, health and nutrition and, you know, everything you know. You should. You can definitely carry it all by yourself, too. Yeah, I don't want to um, take up any more time because other people might have questions for him, but... Um, yeah, he speaks with a lot of inspiration yes. and insight, and I'm very, very impressed, and it's a very pleasant call, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, well, you know one, of the, one of the most important things in the world, I mean, one of the most powerful things in the world is information. Well, you seem to have a, quite a bit of information. Oh, I have, a lot of, I have a lot of information. They never tried to do that 5150, haul me off to a hospital or mental ward or anything because I will sing like a canary and then people won't want to take prescription drugs. I know a lot. I, I was there in meetings in person. I talked to people high up. I know I know a lot. And um, they, I don't even think they know everything I know. That's why I think they're like doing all this stuff to me. I'm like, I'm like a, in an electronic sense with a satellite above my house. I got like 50 drones outside, and, you know, these people do heavy surveillance and targeting with me, but I'm doing really good. You know, I sleep, and um, I've discovered some new sleeping, a new sleeping enclosure. It's, it's, I use laminate flooring material, and it's, um, you know, 25 feet long, and it's both up like an accordion, but anyways, it's mylar side and styrofoam on the other. And um, because they're hitting me with chemical and biological, so I, I sleep in an enclosure, and I'm I sleep better, and I'm I don't wake up, and I'm not like coughing up all this chemical and biological stuff that they're shooting. Although they keep on trying to destroy it, but anyways, I I am a strong T in the Myers Briggs. Like I think about all the possibilities, but I don't only think about them. I try them. I'll try almost anything once. Mm-hmm. Anyways, um, well, thank you, Ella, for that compliment. That's very nice. I, I would like to help people. But um, Yeah, you I'm should. Just... You really should, like, have a call, like maybe even an after call or early call or even whatever time you want. You can choose any when you want. But, you know, even like a two-hour, three-hour call or something, you know. So, everyone always says that, too. So, yeah, something to think about, Connie. Okay, I'll think about it. Well, I don't want to take him any more time, but um, thank you. And, you know, I hope to hear from him again because, like I said, he has a very positive and inspirational, gives off really good energy. Yeah, I felt the same way when I talked to him. Yeah. Okay, Connie, thank you. Now I'm going to come down to Florida, Tampa Metro. Hi, Florida. Hi there. Um, it's Christina. And I have a question here for him. 
Um, I was wondering, like, how can you know exactly what you're being drugged with or, you know, what? Because starting way back, I I was definitely being drugged and poisoned from something. But when I went to the emergency room, they couldn't pick nothing up. I mean, I vomited my guts out. I had rapid heartbeats. I had the whole thing, you know. Um, so how, like you said, you knew, did you say you knew what they drugged, that you were drugged with? Well, you know, when you, when you, when you're dealing with chemicals and stuff like that. Right. Uh, a lot of times you may come in contact with the chemicals and don't know it. And that would okay. be times, that, that would be times when you come in contact with it and you do know it. You are sure of it, you know. <laughs> But, mm-hmm. but 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 see your from your reaction, but it's just like if you go into the emergency room. Right. They they have a lot of equipment in there and they can look mm-hmm. for a lot of things. But they don't know what it is that you you you've con you've contracted. Now they can know some of the reactions, some of the things that it's doing to your body and things like that. I know for sure that I was drugged while I was in the hospital, and I was drugged with some kind of, um, you know, psycho drugs, I guess that's how you would say it, antidepressants um, of some kind, okay? So I, I laid down, um, no, I was, I went, I was put in the hospital, and when I woke up, I felt like I had been on some type of trip or some kind of antidepressant thing, you know. And, um, okay, when we were in California, uh, my husband went for a job and they drugged him while we were asleep when he had to take a, a drug test for. Um, you know, a job, you know, because he's just about to get hired. And they went to go send him a drug test, and it came up that he was on some type of, like, possibly it was um, a tranquilizer of some kind, and he don't take none of that. So we know that they got in a gun and drugged us while we were asleep. Yeah. Um, I mean... You, you, you didn't have company. Uh, nobody went to your refrigerator. Oh no, no, it was just me and him. It was just me and him. And when he went, they did it on purpose because so then this way, um, he would not get their job. It would put us down, and it would, you know, put us on the street or something. You know, you know, because this way they figure we couldn't pay rent, so you know. If he didn't get a job right now, so, you know, because we moved from Chicago out to California, and then we came. Well, now I'm back in Chicago, but um, we were traveling for some time. That's why when she said, when the phone says Florida, we were in Florida, we were in the South States, we were in Texas. Um, I have something to share with both of you. Last night, I had a conversation with somebody. I don't know if this is safe to 
thing or not. But there's a device out there that could break the circuit, the circuit that's in you. But he said only, you know, professionals could work with this, and it could break out to all the circuits or electronic device, um, components that they have in us. Did you hear about that, Elva? Oh, is she there? I'm here. Sorry, I was on mute. No, I haven't heard of that. Um, okay, well, I got the number. I got the phone number. Yeah, I have to look it. into it because I'm very um, skeptical Literally. about yeah, that type too. of stuff. But me too. Yeah, me I'll too. look into it. I'll um, have someone their professional opinion on it um like i asked i invited him on um the show tonight you know i told him i'd be on between eight and ten you know somewhere in there so i said sometimes i don't come on to like i i try to go each one of your you know try to go make sure i I come, you know, I, I consider coming to each meeting on the phone, you know, because you don't know the blessing you have done for me. I, I really appreciate it because before I knew what this really was, and then when I, um, first of all, I didn't know what it was, and then when I found out what it was, I had no absolutely nobody to talk to about it, you know? I mean... I shared it with my daughter, and, of course, she didn't believe it, you know. So, you know, and then when I just recently met, uh, I don't know how long you've been on this, but, you know, I looked on the Internet for all kinds of group meetings and everything, and they didn't have nothing. So you must have just been advertising recently, no, or what? Well, I haven't been on that long. Um, I might, let's see, I've been on, gosh, a year and a half about. Maybe a little more than that now, yeah. Okay. I found out about this August or September of um, 15th. But the 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 stocking was already, everything had started in 2000. I would say 2008, yeah. So that's how long I've been in it. And, oh, yeah, we were, uh, your friend there, um, what's his name? Levi. His name is Levi. Levi? Levi, you ever brought something up, and I, I want to, if, if I may bring it up again, we were talking, you were talking about people that's what it is about people being jealous or people uh, so hateful. Yes. And the, I, I, what was that um, statement you made? You said something like they wish they could be you, or I, I don't, I didn't get that too well. Well, yeah, I don't know if you was talking about Monahan when I was talking about Senator Monahan. What he told a reporter that was intimidating. Oh no, not that one. The one that you said that people wish. Uh, oh no! Wait, that they could they could never be you, but maybe that's the problem because they yeah. want to be yeah. you. 
That's yeah, I really like that statement. I mean, it, it comes out to people, the ones that haven't even gone past kindergarten, well, you know, I hate you because you have been successful in your life. It's a jealousy. And the old saying is jealousy turns into hate, you know? Yeah. And, you know. Could I say this? Could I say this? I don't care who you are. Uh, <laughs> okay, I don't I don't care what you have or don't have or what you know or don't know uh, and, and, and all these things. You're gonna have to, exactly. You're gonna to, wait a minute. Exactly. You're going to have to pay for what? If, if, I mean, if you're the wealthiest person in the world, you're going to have to pay for that. And if you're the poorest mm-hmm. person in the world, you're going to have to pay for that. And what you know or what you don't know, you're going to have to pay for that. So, exactly, yeah. But what I'm saying is that you do you know that you are, you are intimidating to some people? I'm talking about you, you. Me myself? Yes, yes, you. You are mm-hmm. you intimidate some people. Do you know yeah, that? I would imagine so because I be, wouldn't be here, you know. <laughs> you <Yeah>. know. <laughs> what happens is and, and, and what happens is because you do that, you know, a lot of people will just flat out hate you or dislike you for that. And you haven't done anything at all to them. To, to for them to even be intimidated, but yet they are intimidated by you, and just because yeah. they are, you know, they are hate you for that, and they will try to do things to you. But you know, because okay, so like you are gonna be, you try to do your best from the first time you could get out there and work as a teenager, okay, and you're taught that. You're taught to do your best, you know, because nobody's going to do it for you. So somebody's going to judge you because you have done your best when they could do it too, or they don't know how. Maybe that's it, right? Sure. But they don't know how. Maybe because, because they don't care. Maybe because they don't try. No. And they feel like they've never been loved in their life and something that maybe when what you had as a kid, they never had that. So they want to destroy whatever love you have in your life, family, friends, whatever, you know, yeah. And how long have you been a target? You said about 12 years? Oh, I've been a target longer than that. I've been a okay. target, more than 40 years, probably. Well, I've been a target 10 years, so, you know, I know where you're coming from. And mine was over two acquaintances. I met wrong people at the wrong time, at the wrong place. That's it. Well, see, so, you, 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 you might have been targeted before then. I, I don't think that uh, everybody knows exactly when. I know. I know for sure. Mine is not, uh, I have no enemies, no friends, never been fouled, never been harassed, nothing. No, I know this was it. Yeah, from them, from them too. So, um, never, 
I could never say that I had any en- enemies, you know. I mean, we, you know, I've had little disputes with people, but not to a point where like this, you know. Yeah. And it's like this, like you said, it's hatred. This man and woman want, told me they did something to somebody else. And not long after that, I told them that they had to leave my house. Because it was scary, you know. They, they says, oh, we got, oh, no, we didn't kill them. I asked them, did you ever hurt anybody? Because they were talking crazy, you know. I was like, scary. It is scary, you know, to know that somebody's under your roof. And you're, they're telling you that about somebody that they pretty much paralyzed. Oh, no, we never touched them. Yeah, but they paralyzed them, or they can't feel no parts in their body, you know, huh, nice. You know, and I've always had a good choice of character, always. So I know, no, I know my target when it happens. Uh, Well, around the time, anyways, let me say. I do believe it started in 07. Probably mid, like, fall of 07. But, um, it actually really didn't get heavy until 2008, 2009. Okay? Yeah. So, see, that's when I was starting noticing things missing out of my house and the dust and everything. Did you go through that as well? Sure did. I mean... Did they, did did they, um, did you get any, did you get broken into your house? Because they did all kinds of stuff to my house, damages and everything. No, see, you see, what what was happening, uh, let let me explain to you what was happening. Uh, They were trying to intimidate me. They they were trying to frighten me, uh, make me scared. Right. So what what they did, what they did was that they would put some ta- they would put a tail on me. Like I, I saw the people following me. I, I saw them. I saw them when uh like I would be leaving home going to work, and I would see them. And and you know what they would do? They would back the car in so I couldn't get the license plate number. You know, like they would back in. Uh-huh. And, and when I pull out, they would pull out behind me. Now, here's here's right. what happened. The way I found out that, that that that's what they were doing was following me, I would come out of the place and I would walk halfway to my car, right? Right. What they would do, what they would do, they would crank up. See, they would crank up, and then I would turn around and go back in the house. And 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 what they would do is that they would leave, and then I'd see them circling the block. Uh, either right. They, either they would still sit right there in the car, and they would be looking at me. Uh. But, but all the time that I was at work, they had someone on the telephone watching me. And they would say, wow. hey, he's still at work here. And so and then they would in turn pick the lot, go in the house, do whatever they wanted to do, and, and come out and go on about the business. Oh, there was strange but stuff was, that was happening in 2008. They wanted me to know that they were going in there. They, they, they mm-hmm. wanted me and they was telling me, and so that's this is how I found out how intimidated they really were. 
Okay. They were really, really intimidated by me. And they um, they wanted me to know that they were going in and taking my stuff, and there's nothing that I could do about it. Wow. You know, when, I con- when I contact the police and I told them what was going on, and they said, well, did you see anybody? I saw him. I saw him when they were following me. They were, can you prove? Well, I was, so the police started asking me questions like, uh, you know, uh, as if they didn't. They were not obligated to bleed me or try to serve me or do anything of that nature. So, well, I lost my rights, basically. You might as well say, because when I called 911 every time my house got broken into, okay, that's what they would ask me. Can you prove it? That's Christine, right. I'm going to, um, is it okay? We still have a couple more questions. I'm running out of time. So would it be okay if I put you on hold? Oh, no problem. Okay, Thank sweetie, you. I'm sorry. I just want, I no, have two more okay. questions and I want to get through questions. Okay, so, okay, so I'll just be listening then. Thank you. Okay, hon. Stay strong. Yes, hang in there. Hi, Minnesota. You're on the air. Minnesota. Ah, they're not there, so she could have talked a little longer. Okay. Northeast California. Hi, Northeast California. Yes, I have a question. I, uh... I'm not sure what happened to me, but I was put to sleep, and I am a uh, targeted individual. But I was put to sleep, but I'm not sure what they uh, did to me. So I went to the doctor, and the doctor gave me, uh, well, the doctor uh, prescribed a uh, MRI. But uh, I did not take the MRI because I wasn't sure whether the metal in my body or not, and the uh, person that was giving the MRI wasn't sure as well, so he suggested that I maybe wait and find out if there's any type of uh, metal uh, in my body that was placed there. And my question is, do anyone know if they place metal, uh, any kind, what do they place in your body when they put you to sleep and you're not aware of what's happening? Well, I guess it, I guess that depends upon what they're trying to do. I mean, uh, they do have uh, uh, certain examination that requires some, some metal uh, residue or whatever you would call it, but uh, I don't I'm not that well versed in that. I don't know too much about that. Uh, I know that uh, they can put something like in your, uh, uh, as far as surveillance and and stuff like that. I know they could put something in your car seat or something uh, anywhere that you would sit down, and they can follow you. Uh, the computer, they can they can tell you everywhere you've been, everywhere you know. I do know that, but I don't know as far as you know. Examination, you know, stuff like that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't know too much about that. But well, they're trying to isolate me totally. I, I have no internet service, although I do pay for internet service. 
uh, in my home, they've installed a device that will just about access any type of computer-operated device. So all of my, my television has been hacked. My uh, phones uh, just got a new camera because they, they are gang-stalking me, and I found that using a camera around your neck kind of keep them away to a certain extent. And also they have tried to gang-stalk me in stores, but I carry the camera with me, and it seems to uh, keep them at bay. So I guess the, the question is, is there any suggestions that you can come up with that would uh, help in, in uh, dealing with a lot of this? Because I'm heavily gang-stalked. I'm followed everywhere. In fact, if I go into a store, it may be 30 or 40 people with children and everybody else coming in the store behind me or there before me. Um, uh, like I said, my home is bugged. I have no privacy at all. Yeah. And uh, everywhere I go, they ruin my reputation. They tell people things like even at the grocery store, uh, at the doctors, they follow me into the doctor's office. You know, could I could I could I suggest this to you, sir? Could I could I tell you this? You know, people will try to smear you, and and they will smear you. They they will try to do stuff like that. But you know, the best thing, your best defense on on something like that, is that no matter who where you go, who you meet, be kind and be truthful. You know, speak your speak your truth as you know it, and and and. Take your time, make sure that they understand it, and go on. Go on your way. But don't let those people intimidate you like that. You know, don't just, when you meet people, like I said, I don't care who they are. I don't care how much they look like they got or what they don't have or whatever, you know. You treat, be kind. Be nice. And, and well, I appreciate that, but, uh, you know, being kind and when people are told that, uh, you know, I, I have no idea what they're telling people. Just the other day I went to the store and, I, and one of the clerks um, was very, very uh, unfriendly, let's say, and um, I was in a line and I had more than items, more items than that line would uh, allow, but uh, most people don't uh, pay that attention, that much attention to that. But uh, this person was very, very rude. And uh, the store that I went to, I go to quite often, and it seems like uh, the uh, employees are very unfriendly to me. Uh, I haven't been hostile. I try to be as friendly as I can. But one of the things I had to do, it got so bad until I had to make an announcement in the middle of the store that uh, stalking was illegal and uh, it carried a uh, year sentence in jail if it's in California and a $1,000 fine. And that made a few people disappear from around me. So those are the things that I'm doing right now. For example, I went to the library tonight and I was picking up common law because I feel common law is, is one of the answers to our our struggle because we have more power dealing with common law than we do in the admiralty courts and all the other courts. But uh, they actually removed the books from their shelf and took the, uh, when I first went in, I asked for common law books 
the lady gave me, you know, a few names. And this library is in Sacramento. It has three or four levels. So she sent me to the second level, and the person there absolutely refused to give me any, much, any information concerning common law. But uh, I am followed everywhere, and I am smeared everywhere. Uh, uh, I have no privacy at all. I mean, totally no privacy. And like I said, I can't get on uh, the Internet. Right now, I, I uh, was able to uh, get Ella's number one time that I was watching uh, YouTube, but I haven't been able to get any additional information. I have no way of getting into Ella's uh, talk show except that uh, Star One, because uh, the uh, number that uh, she gave me, you know, the code that was given, uh, was changed, so I cannot uh, access Ella. And you're the only one that I really uh, know and have any information on, because I would like to get involved as much as I can. Well, can I can I say this? can I say this here, sir? Would, would you mind? I'm sorry. Repeat. I think I, I have a few things, uh, just a few things. It, it won't take long but, that I'd like to say, if you don't mind. Oh, of, of course. Go ahead. Okay. okay. Well, you know, when you say that, that they are spreading word about you, about who you are and what you are not, uh, whatever, in fact, you say half the time you probably don't know, you know, what they are really saying, and people are rude to you and, and, and all these things. That's okay. That's okay. Because you can't stop that. And there's really nothing that you can really do about it except for one thing. There's one thing that you can do about it. And you just be kind to everybody, just like it's nothing going on at all. Just just, just treat them, treat the, the people in that store that's ringing up your stuff, uh, no matter how they treat you, just keep on being kind and being nice. Just be nice and mean it. When, when, when you be nice, and you know what's going to happen, you know what will end up happening. You take Ella right there. You take Ella. See, there's an Ella in that store somewhere. There's somebody in there who will stand for you if you continue to do that. See, you you will always weed out the good people because there are good people in there now. Don't don't think that everybody. You don't make the mistake of saying everybody in there is against you. That's not true. You know, there are some good people in there. They may not be saying anything right now. And they may not do anything right now. But but if you keep on being the same person, if you keep on being persistent and being nice, being kind, and treat people the way that you want to be treated yourself, and no matter what they say about you or what they do, you see what I'm saying? You keep on being that way. And sooner or later, there's going to be an error and there's going to be some other people who's going to come out and say, you know what? Say, That's a lot of bull crap. Say, I know how y'all have treated this man, and I know that I'll stand for him. I'll put in a good word for him. See what I'm saying? So you can't stop those people from harassing you like that without help. You're going to have to get some help. And uh, those are the people that can help you. Now, it's not anything that you can just Turn, turn around, turn it around, you know, uh, uh, overnight. It's going to take time, and it's going to take some patience, but do it. 
just do it. And, and, and it'll stop. It'll stop. I promise you that it, it will. It'll stop. But that's all I have to say about it. Thank you. Thank you very much, Levi. I appreciate that. Raise your hands. I have time for one more question. In California, Tampa, Metro is next. So that's the last question. See if I can get it to unmute. There we go. Hi there, Florida. Hello, it's Christina. I was hoping that I could find this man that used to, you know, so like that made me leery too because he says there's there's only two people that know how to do these procedures where they could knock these circuits out completely. That concerns me because how about if, you know, it don't work right, you know, could kill you probably, you know what I'm saying? Or give you a heart attack or, you know, I didn't get into some real big details with him, but it's a, it's on YouTube and it says how uh, the, the, the man is in, aren't you in Texas? I thought you, you live in Texas, don't you? I don't live there and I don't think he does either. Oh, okay. No, that's what he says. He lives in Texas, right at the border by um, Mexico. Yeah, that's Steve Chappelle, and I had him on my um, show or on my podcast or my call. I had him there. I had him about a year ago, and I heard a lot of bad reviews. I don't believe him. I don't buy it. Welcome to Research It. Stephen Chappelle, I mean, I had a friend immediately, like a week later, told me stories about him, and then I got another call with other stories. So, And that's just the feedback. I could be wrong, but I need to say that his theory about his Tesla energy and things like that may work for some people, but it didn't work for these people. And these are people that one guy just called him a scam artist, one woman just called him a scam Mm -hmm. artist. So I don't know either way, but I wanted to share that other information because I don't want anyone going to spend money and have false hopes. That's all. Or or die, (laughs) one or the other. Die, but you'll spend $500 and nothing will probably happen. Yeah, yesterday when I did speak to him, because I want to know, you know, I'm not just going to go give you $500 and this ain't going to work, you know. Exactly. I want anyone to be a sucker for that kind of stuff. Right, and, you know, I I laughed with him. I go, hey, if you know anything about being a target individual, do you know how sick we are and how much pain we're in? We don't need additional health problems, you know, (laughs) more than what we're going through. Yeah, so, you know, well, there was that. So you know about this then. I mean, yeah, I, I took his interview down because I just heard too many negative things, and that's the last thing I want is people going to spend money. Right. Okay, so he's charging five hundred back then. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, it is the same man. Yep. Yeah, no, it is. Yeah, because he's down no, on the board. He says someone was... ordered a. Um, this is a fact. Um, a friend of mine ordered a um, magnet. And six months later, she still didn't have it, maybe five. And I called her, and I went off on the guy, and he sent it to her. But that's ridiculous. It was like $150 she gave to the guy. So it took me, you know, strong, you know, me being a little tough and telling him we needed to give her a send her that magnet. 
you know, um, if anybody wants to know this, incidentally, you have a company, you know, where like your big city, they have magnet companies, you know, where they distribute, you know, where they make the magnets at. Okay, and you get some nice size ones, and they're like a dollar something, two something. Some some of them are fifty cents, you know, because they make them on the premises. So that's something for us to consider, you know. Yeah, and they have all different kinds and all different sizes. Um, in fact, I've got one place, Chicago suburbs that I was going to buy a pack of 10 each, you know, two different sizes. And they were they were really cheap, like 70 or 80 cents each, you know. So, I mean, is there a certain size you have to buy or what? Um, you know, I would say listen to one of the interviews with Dwight Mangum. Um, that's what he says helped him. Some people it helps, some people it doesn't, but at least I have a little faith in him. Um, so I would l- listen to some of his interviews, just Dwight Mangum, and just look him up on YouTube. I, I did an interview with him, too. I don't know if it made it to YouTube. Um, half the interviews, you know, we just, you know, I don't. I only have a person who, two people, and they're half jobs. Right. Okay, what's his last name? Mangum, M is in Mary, A, uh-huh. N is in Nancy, G, U, M is in Mary, I believe. Mangum. Yeah. Mangum. Mangum. Okay. <laughs> He's a really nice fella, that's for sure. Okay. Okay. So, he, okay. Thank so, you. Uh, back you'll, on. you'll be on Thursday. Oops. Hold on. What were you going to say, Christina? Uh, what is Thursday's episode? Uh, well, that call is, um, I have... Uh, another woman who's going to come on and share her testimony. She's a wonderful person, in my opinion. Um, her name is Susan, and she's from Long Island, and she's going to give her testimony. She's also involved with that new organization, Targeted Justice, Justice with Midge Mathis and Richard Lighthouse and a bunch of great people, and Dolly, who I've had on, um, and uh, Christy Kennedy, um, she's been on. So just a really great ethical group, a group of people. So that's because it's going to be on Thursday. And then, Wesley, I just want to give some uh, closing comments and thoughts here. Um, I just want to say thank you so much. I think you were very inspiring, and I just love that conversation we had when you called me that one day, and I'm glad I was able to share you here. And you're welcome to come on the call anytime and speak and, um, you know, um, there's a couple of people I'd like to, there's actually about a handful of people I think I would like to put you in touch with and just lovely people that remind me of you. And so tomorrow I'll give you a call and I'll put you in touch. I'll give you those names and numbers or give them pass on yours to them if that's okay. And do you have anything else you want to say? I highly suggest everybody listen to his music video after we hang up. And there's also a late night call too, so I'll give that number. But um, again, um, it, the name of the song is uh, Once in a Lifetime, is that right? Well, just I'm off. Just, just one, one life, life right? Just, just, one life. just one life, and it's on YouTube, and you just look it up, uh, Levi Rawl, R-A-W-L. And um, do you want to give a contact, like an email address, so, the, so the folks can call you or reach out to you, I mean, and email you? I wouldn't give your phone number, but I would give your email because you might be surprised how many people reach out to you. Well, back when I was writing, I had a pursuit always. It's called... Uh, 
Another who said it. Another, another who said this. Uh, it, that's my at 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 dot net. Yeah, it's breaking up a little bit, but um. Okay, okay it's uh, another who said it. Another, another who said it. Yeah, another who said it. At at and dot net. At at and dot net. Another who said it. At AT&T.net, how you can reach them. And again, listen to that song. It's very inspiring, of course. And so Ryan's having a call after me. His number is 125-472. Um, 125-472. I know those late calls can be a little sketchy. Um, they're, everybody's working. The moderators are working hard to kind of control that. Um, you know, it's you know I don't know what the deal is about some of those late calls, but Kyle's is pretty good. Kyle does a really good job, too. All of us had to learn how to kind of control things a little bit. I mean, I kind of let things a little, things were squirrely when I first started, too. And so you just got to kind of work it out because we want it to be a safe and supportive and place you can come and feel supported and not uh, have to deal with that kind of stuff. So um, anyways, guys, I hope you really got a lot out of tonight and um, hope you're here on Thursday and maybe listen to the radio show on Friday. And God bless everybody, and I'll see you guys then. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.